Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Final breath. 
Jensen, thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. I uh, want to welcome everyone here to uh, the show tonight, whether you are listening live or whether you are listening uh, on the uh, podcast. Uh, I do apologize for our little, or my, not our, uh, little faux pas last week. I accidentally hung up during Bard's Logic After Dark, which is a no-no, especially for the host, because what happens is that if the host hangs up, unfortunately, it hangs up everybody. Uh, so, Joe, if you're out there, I know you were you were talking, uh, then uh, you got cut off. I, I do apologize for that one. What happened is my, my daughter came home, and I uh, rushed to, to, to get her into the house and then tried to get back in time, and then instead of uh, unmuting uh, my microphone, I accidentally hung up <laughs> the phone, uh, you know, the call-in. And so that just, uh, when that happens, that just disconnects everybody. Uh, so, you know, fortunately that happened, but, uh, you know, those things do. Uh, but anyway, hopefully we won't have uh, have that problem tonight. Uh, and a little update uh, for the show is that, uh, you know, we still will have the ongoing uh I guess I'm saying, ah, uh, that's a bad, I noticed myself, even when I was doing something, I'm going to tell you about that, that number a little bit, it's a, it's a bad radio, uh, radio thing, I've been working on it, but I still have, I still have to improve, obviously, but anyway, we still do have the fundraiser uh, going on uh, to help uh, curtail or, or help uh, our you know, correspondents in the Philippines pay on the cremation for their uh, untimely and sudden death of uh, her mother, uh, and they don't have a GoFundMe in the Philippines, so I volunteered to uh, to put it together, put one together for them. Um, unfortunately, it's not doing very well at all, to be honest. Uh, I've, you know, we had one since last week that contributed. Any amount is uh, appreciated, but we just got one. Uh, hopefully, uh, what you know, we'll get some more listener, you know, listeners to you get more people who could do that. Uh, he'll do that for you know with us. Uh, that'd be uh, greatly appreciated. I mean, of course, if not uh, myself and maybe a few others will be footing the rest of it because I am going to make it happen. Whether you know I have to do it myself, I you know would rather not. It'd be nice if we can have some folks to help. But you know, I'm not one who likes to do that anyway. That's why you don't hear me very often. I think I've only done this like three times in the eight years. Uh, that I've been on the show or, you know, and when we've done the show where we've done any type of, of fundraising, even uh, for a campaign. I think one was in the beginning for was a campaign and then one was something personally for me, um, which, again, the one in the campaign fell through. The uh, one uh, for myself, uh, that one uh, fell through, and this one's not doing well. So maybe a fundraising is not my forte, probably because I absolutely hate asking anybody uh, for anything, especially funds. So maybe because I'm just not good at it because uh, it's something I do avoid uh, doing. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll keep that going. And hopefully one thing that I alluded to earlier is that uh, I did – I think I might have done some for other people in, in the past about commercials, but I did the first commercial for Bard's Logic that is going to be airing this uh, Sunday on terrestrial radio 
in the tri-state area on, you know, where we're headquartered here. And so, you know, perhaps uh, that'll get some uh, some other folks, uh, you know, on the air with us. I mean, I know we do have you know, some listeners, but most of them are, you know, the listeners, especially to the podcast. You know, not everybody can get on to, to the times. Um, but, you know, so, you know, that'll be out. That's going to be, again, aired live. If you have – it's going to be on a WLW uh, 700 AM radio uh, here locally. But if you have uh, iHeartRadio app, uh, you may be able to find it at 700 WLW uh, channel. So you might be able to actually find it uh, if you want to listen into the program now. Because of the COVID, it had to be something that – um, not only the commercial, but the show itself uh, had to be recorded, you know, pre-recorded. So, unfortunately, no one will be able to call into that. Uh, and then, when if I get any uh, updates, I will uh, let some of the, you know, the panelists know, and and then they can, you know, perhaps listen in. It's it's a good show. I've I've I listened to most of recording of the show that uh, that we're on. You know, the commercial was on. It's not quite a five-minute. Uh, commercial slash interview a little bit uh, about Bard's logic, uh, so that's going to be you know this Sunday. So we'll see uh, what comes from that. It's going to be from you know candidate who is running against Mitch McConnell in uh, in Kentucky uh, for the primary, which I believe is June 23rd. Um, I, I, to be honest, I can't recall the, the candidate's name. I, I feel horrible about that, but. Uh, I've only heard of heard of them one time, so uh, I'll have to reach back on there again. I, I, again, again, I did spend a lot of time uh, with the people for the commercials. Just uh, we had uh, Jim Cotta Jr., who is going to be on that show on on this show on Bard's Logic a number of times. He's one of the founders of Watch the Vote USA uh, that we're going to have on uh, that we've had on you know, for the show. And so we have that, you know, the commercial, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll see what comes of it. Again, you know, it's one thing I'm, I'm I've learned over the time of doing this is how important uh, networking is, and and it's a lot of times, you know, not a, it, who you know, who you can get things out to. Content, of course, is is very important. Uh, that's why a lot of times you'll hear things, you know, maybe not a lot, but you there will be times you'll hear some things you haven't heard before here on on Bard's Logic, and then later on, you know, you hear it in the more, as I point out on the commercial, uh, more, you know, larger networks, you know, things of that nature. Uh, so, but we may even hear from, from Jim tonight. Uh, who knows? Unfortunately, we would not be being joined by our good friend Joseph uh, this evening from Hawaii, so uh, he would not be uh, chiming in for us. And so, you know, we did say that he will be uh, back next week. And so we'll, we'll we'll continue on uh with our show to, you know for tonight and so again you know if you if you're on and you're listening you know about the uh the fundraiser you know whatever amount would be you know appreciated uh of course and that can be found on the give page of the Bards Logic website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and you know topic for tonight uh is you know from the coronavirus to election 2020, making America greater. And today was supposed to be the first launch, historic actually, um, uh, the first launch of Americans from American soil using American rockets 
to launch us uh, back into space. Uh, now, unfortunately, they had to scrub the mission today due to weather. Uh, they do have a, a real slim window uh, because when they do the launch, the way it has to be done is it has to be timed, not quite perfectly, but damn near close to perfect so that when they launch, they're actually trying to, you know, catch up to an orbiter, and that's the, the space station. And so you have to have the timing for when the rocket's going to get into certain positioning in conjunction with the space station. So it's real, uh, the, the timing, there's, there's not a lot of window, you know, maybe 10 minutes of that, of a window that you have uh, to do it. And so, unfortunately, they scrubbed it. Now, of course, they are going to uh, try again on Saturday, this coming up Saturday at 3.22 uh, you know, p.m. in the afternoon. And so they're going to try again. Let's keep our fingers crossed for that. Uh, and you may ask, you know, why does this tie in to, you know, from the coronavirus to election 2020 and, and making America greater? Uh, because I think that the space program, and I, I got an article I'm going to read earlier, is, is a very important part of it. And we're also going to talk about, of course, COVID things tonight because it is some big news. Uh, I've got some. Uh, information, you know, some articles here from uh, Dr. Tolbert that uh, I'm hoping to get to later on this evening as well uh, and be a part of our discussion. But the reason I think it's, it's so important is that, and I think where it, it aligns with what we're, we're, we're talking about tonight, is that we ha we're going to have to do things, if we're really going to make uh, America greater, not just, you know, keep America great, make America great again, restarting America, whatever uh, words, you know, whatever, like, just cheering words that, you know, they want to use, uh, then we got to do something spectacular to make America greater. Yes, bringing back the economy after, you know, what it's gone through, and, and, and even whether that needed to be done, and we'll discuss that, you know, as well tonight, uh, is that we got to do something that's beyond that, beyond just getting the economy back. Uh, the, I mean, those are things that, you know, even Biden, if he can get it out, you know, can, can talk about, you know, you know, you know, in a campaign. One thing I, I haven't heard anything from Biden is to do something that's beyond the coronavirus, uh, you know, and beyond our, this, this crisis, perhaps man-made crisis, I don't know. Uh, for this, <laughs> excuse me. So, you know, it, so it fits in, and now we for the campaign. So, 2020, it, it fits in. So, you know, there's our other countries. You know, you've got China. You know, who's already landed uh, vehicles on the moon. You know, we don't hear more a lot about that because this COVID uh, has taken over. Uh, the COVID news has taken over, but I think that we're kind of moving away a little bit from it. I know the Democrats, especially the alphabet media, would really like to keep that on the forefront for that. Uh, but they're not going to – because they're not talking about America being great. I think that having the space program uh, will, you know, and, and working towards, you know, getting back to – uh, the moon and then on to Mars. I think it's a, it's important to do that. And again, I did mention a an, an article, <coughs> excuse me, that 
Uh, this is, uh, again, you can find the article tonight from the Bards Logic Newsroom at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And you can go to the newsroom and get all the different articles uh, here. And, you know, I may go through, you know, most of the article, if not, you know, all of it. I know, you know, reading articles is the best thing, so I'll try to do my, uh, my best here. Uh, but this is from the Imaginative Conservative. And I was having a debate tonight a little bit on, you know, who defunded. They're having a debate on Twitter, and I was a little bit a part of it, not not as much, you know, because I was getting things ready for the show. But, you know, they're going back and forth on, well, you know, who devastated the space program the most? Was it the Republicans? Was it the Democrats? Was it Obama when, you know, he nixed the shuttle pain? You know, so people are going kind of back and forth on that. Um, and so we've got here, again, it's uh, rediscovering the necessity and wonder of space travel. And this is an article just, just from a couple of days ago. Uh, it says, across our nation, people have asked to self-quarantine, and guiding these efforts are the parameters defining which business are essential. Many of these guidelines are as expected, but including among them are space and aerospace industries, an odd inclusion by many standards. But I find that the space and aerospace industries are essential to humanity on another deeper philosophical le uh, level. And this is an article uh, by Sarah Ketterbeck. And it says, recent weeks would an unprecedented place in history. We have often faced national and even global energy emergencies, plagues, pandemics, viruses have rocked the world time and time again, but never before have nations rallied for such a widespread, largely preventative response. And yeah, we're going to talk more about, you know, COVID tonight and about the response. Was it something that's necessary? Have we been given wrong numbers? Have we been lied to by the expert, you know, about about COVID? And, and, and there's also, and hopefully we'll get to an article tonight where they're, they're talking about, and this is, I believe, the one from uh, Dr. Tolbert, is that you even have in Colorado, uh, their, their uh, health administration had to recalculate, uh, you know, on how much, you know, the, the COVID deaths there. And so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But it says, across our own nation, communities and individuals have been asked to self-quarantine, to work from home whenever possible, and to restrict the active workforce to those deemed essential. Guiding these efforts are the parameters issued by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CIS, defining which businesses are essential. Which you know, let me go in and out on the on the article and give my own my own commentary here. Um, but yeah, not essential. It's one thing I've, I still haven't. Uh, it's kind of been baffling me, especially with people who are getting these. These checks, right? We've got people who are getting their stimulus check. Uh, for, you know, frankly, we've literally just got, you know, I just got mine not that long ago, <laughs> literally days ago. Uh, so, boy, I tell you what, if people really, really needed those uh, those checks, I tell you what, they're, they weren't very timely, which, again, is uh, indicative of, of how things would go if, if we really, truly did have, you know, the kind of socialist – Socialism that the, the Democrats want in America. 
and how that's not you know how that's not going to work. Um, but we're talking about essential businesses. Is you know when this first started, I was going to go buy some more weapons. I was going to go buy a gun, another you know, and go buy another gun and closed until the whole COVID thing. So banks are you know I think uh, they're still closed. Banks are still closed. I mean I so for the people who want to go out and deposit their check, they they have to do it through an ATM and you know, or they have to go through a drive through and it's kind of a you know, a mess on on trying to get that done. It's it's really inconvenient. Because people can't you you can't go well, I don't understand. You can walk into a grocery store where there's gonna be, you know, hundreds of people maybe, but you can't go to a bank where there's probably only maybe one or, or a couple other people in the bank with you. I don't understand. I mean, I get groceries. You got to eat, but I don't understand why, you know, liquor stores. You know, when you can buy beer, other places, you can, you know, liquor other places. Uh, they're open, but you can't buy a gun and you can't go into a bank, which I don't know why <laughs> those were deemed um, a necessity, you know, or you know, or essential, is what as they put it. Not not deemed as essential. This is as many of these guidelines are as expected. Health care, defense, food, and agriculture workers are all included, but so are space and aerospace industries. An odd inclusion by many standards, but a thoroughly prudent one. Not only does space industry support the essential services required to meet national security commitments, not only are we bound to care for our citizens in orbit, but the space and aerospace industries are essential to humanity deeper uh, on another deeper philosophical level. And I know we have uh, – well, we haven't heard from John for a while. I'm kind of worried about him um, with the, the COVID. Ever since COVID started, I don't recall ever hearing from John on the show since, co- since COVID started. So, uh, you know, if, if you're out there, John, and, and – you're okay. We hopefully we'll be able to hear from you soon, because uh, you know, kind of concerned. I mean, and him and I used to go back and forth on uh, on the space program. Uh, I, of course, as you know, is one that supports it, um, but you know, not so much with our good friend John. Um, but anyway, so yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, John out there, whether you know live or through the uh, the archive, of course, share it. Of course, we we still really need folks to to share the. Uh, the links to the show, but also, the, you know, th- this article for you, so to speak. Um, it says, in the midst of the coronavirus, we are as a nation and a world and even or an ever greater need of hope, and whatever we seek to express wonder or hope, we instinctively turn to the stars. Hoping for a sports scholarship, we reach for them. Filled with awe or love, we are starry-eyed. Meeting our favorite actor, we are starstruck. Our greatest dreams, passions, and ambitions require this stellar language, and mankind's instinctive desire for the heavens has been captured and employed by poets, songwriters, theologians, politicians, motivational speakers, and athletes alike with thunderous results. You know, on many levels, we have lost our awe and desire for the thing itself. Reach for the stars, we enthusiastically cheer for any earthbound blaze of glory. But few people are invested in or even aware of the current efforts of our space program. Fewer would consider it essential. On, 19, on July 19th, which that's coming up, folks, uh, 1969, 
the eagle landed on the moon, and not just within our own country, but all around the world, humanity was united. And let me tell you something, folks. If there's, we, we talk about this many times on the show. I talk about this many times on the show. Is that the United States, and I, I think Trump, and again, gearing this up to the election, Trump needs to attach himself to this. He needs to attach himself to this because what he can do by attaching himself to this, he can bring over you know, other folks, not just conservatives, not just his base, maybe even some, some Democrats, you know, definitely independents, but maybe even some liberals out there, maybe even some libertarians out there because people need hope. And I tell you what, the way that the Democrats and the liberal media are literally scaring they are scaring people with this COVID. What this country needs, you know, God, it needs a lot. But one one thing it does need is, is hope, right? And Obama is the big, oh, hope and change. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, hope for change is, is what they were what, what they were doing. They want to fundamentally change America, if you recall, that's what he said. But people need that. We need something to come together. And if Trump can utilize that, and I mean in a, not utilize it in a manipulative way, I mean to utilize it in a way that is genuine. And, and I think from him it would be, would be genuine, you know, to get to the moon, get on the Mars. You know, I know people are doing some research, and, oh, we program. Well, I think that's to try to, you know, loosen up some more funds because he is a con- uh, he's somewhat conservative, but I think he is concerned about spending. And, and so, of course, if you're going to focus on one program, unfortunately, that could take from others. But if he can use that, again, in a, in a, in a genuine fashion to the people, and I'm telling you, I, I said uh, on last week's show, I think it was last week's show, that for him to talk about, you know, or no, it wasn't about last week's show. I think I was on a conference call last night. I was on a conference call last night with the LaRouche Pack. Um, you could check them out. Um, and I think I, I might even be on one of their audios because I did call in with some questions at LaRouchePack.com. Uh, um, I think I might be on there. But anyway, I haven't looked that up, to be honest, but it could be. But my point there is, uh, you know, that, you know, we could use this to, to, to bring people, you know, bring people together. It, it, it's kind of my point. And if, if Trump again could, in a genuine way, use that, and, and the way to do that is, because I asked him, my question was last night is, well, how do we get people to understand the importance of? How can we get that across to people? And not, my thought was, well, can we do it from the grassroots up, or? We need it from top down. Well, as, as I would rather it be where it is the the grassroots up. I mean, I'd rather to start that way. But I think that just the, the the way we are now, the day and age we're in now, is unfortunately people are used to things coming from the top down, and, and, and that's not necessarily in this context a bad thing. And what what I mean by that is you had you know JFK talking about, you know, that big speech about let's going to the, you know, let's get to the moon, let's get there. And that was a very motivational speech. 
Uh, and I think that's what Trump needs to do. I don't think he's done that. Not not like what JFK did. And I think that, you know, and, and boy, Nancy Pelosi would love this, right? No, it's the best, but to have one of those speeches during, let's say, a State of the Union address where he would have that during this, you know, say, you know, have, not just mention it. I mean, he's mentioned it. Oh, yeah, we're going to go to the moon. Oh, yeah. But he just mentions it. But, I mean, if you spend a good amount of time there saying that we're going to do it, when we're going to do it, and why we're going to do it, and why is it good for, it's good for America to inspire Americans, then, again, I, a State of the Union, which, of course, there aren't any more for him unless he gets uh, reelected, which, again, this is another way he could differentiate himself from Biden other than – because you know what the Democrats are going to do. They're going to try to blame this whole uh, COVID thing you know, and the death of COVID on, on Trump. We, we already know that. Um, so, but a, a one way to differentiate with, with Biden is, is, for the, is for the program. And I, and I think we really need something to bring it together because I've also mentioned on other programs – is that uh, Americans just don't like each other anymore. It's not that we disagree with each other, and we, we always have. You know, we've always had disagreements, you know, between the left and the right, right? But now to the point that we, we, don't, we don't like each other. The left don't like – I mean, to the point that we may even actually hate each other, as I've said many times. Uh, but if we can find a common ground and, – and let's be honest, folks, it's certainly not coronavirus – that we've, there's been no if you would think something that could bring us together, you think there'd be a pandemic, but all no, not even a pandemic can bring the American people back together. Okay, uh, what's next? A nuclear war with another country? Is that going to be able to bring us together? Would it be take a and I'm just throwing this out out there. Not that I think it's going to happen, but you know, you, nuclear war either. But I mean, we have to be invaded by aliens, you know, speaking of space. You know, uh, in order for us to actually come together, I mean, heck, we at least came together for a little bit around 9-11, but I, I think those days are gone, you know, so we need something. Maybe this can be it. Maybe the space program, uh, you know, can be it to, you know, bring people together, and, and again, Trump can use that in the, you know, in the, in the 2020 campaign somehow, uh, and so uh, it says – yeah, and it says humanity was united. And heck, I, I'm not even talking about uniting humanity right now. I just want to unite the American people. Uh, watching and cheering for two men over 200,000 miles away. According to Apollo historian Andrew Chuckin, an estimated 600 million people, a fifth of the world's population, which now would be what? A fifth would be like 1.2 billion people now would watch it. You know, would would watch them like that over a billion people. It says the largest audience for any single human event in history watches man took his first steps on the moon. And it says less than a year later, in 1970, Apollo 13 launched and no television network. This is only two spaceships later. One year later, you know, let's see, July. Yeah, well, literally one year later. No television network was willing to interrupt its regular schedule for the astronauts' broadcast on their way to the moon. 
the wives and families of the astronaut crew had to go to the NASA Control Center to watch. It was showing nowhere else. Only when disaster struck, and we all can probably remember this from you know the uh, Apollo 13 movie, right? Uh, but only when disaster struck did the world suddenly rally again. Uh, the men were going to the moon was old, uh, but they might not get there or return, and that was newsworthy. Yet despite this emotional resurgence, people's interest in NASA's missions steadily dwindle, and with it, the politicians' support, and with that, the program's budget. Uh, only four more Apollo missions would be flown, each increasingly at risk of being canceled. The Apollo 17 ended man's moon-going stint with Nixon a mission that this may be the last time in this century, which I believe it was, that men, yeah, and it was, that men will walk on the moon, a far cry from Kennedy's before this decade is out. And I find it interesting that it's been 10 years that Americans have, you know, because the, the, you know, the, the nixing of the the space shuttle, you know, it's been 10 years that we've launched American, you know, astronauts and an American vehicle, you know, or American rocket and vehicle from American soil. It's 10 years since that's happened. It said it's been nearly 50 years since Apollo 17 that we, you know, we, we've uh, we've even gone to the moon. And it's been over eight years since astronaut launch. Well, it's just eight years, but I, I thought I got I got ten years, but maybe between eight and ten. Uh, but I've been hearing when I've been watching all the this, this, this stuff on, you know, the, the NASA channel. They've been saying ten years. And it says, "Did you know that's about to change?" And this is part of you know making of um, you know this is part of, of of making America great. Okay, is that not only are we looking at, you know, and I think this is great. I mean, I kind of, but we got NASA, and now we also have the also working towards this. And we're talking about, of course, uh, SpaceX. And so it says, to fill the gap, the private industry is booming, financed by wealthy visionaries such as Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, and Elon Musk, SpaceX, and it's SpaceX and NASA who are launching the uh, the the called the Dragon? You know, the the Dragon um, pod is what they're going to be you know, shooting to the Na International Space Station. It's SpaceX and has been working with with NASA on this. It says these companies are furthering space exploration one launch at a time, geared toward making space travel safe, affordable, even routine. But while exploration might be the end goal, in the meantime, these companies are trying to make rocketry lucrative, launching satellites and restocking the ISS. The modern space race is a commercial one. So, and of course, you know, it's you know, it's good. It's capitalism, right? So, you know, capitalism can you know help uh, with, with the space program, except it not being just solely funded by, by NASA. Now, I do think that we need to fund it more, fund NASA more. And, and, and actually, I was doing a project with my, my daughter before the end of the school. From my understanding, um, she aced it. Uh, but it was actually where you actually could create the budget, right? You could create the national budget. And now, she was successful in 
uh, not only increasing uh, sustainability of a budget over five uh, percent, you know, with with cuts and unfortunately some some tax raises, you know, the, the balance, you know, with this program, I got the link somewhere in my emails where you know she actually balanced the budget. It was a balanced budget <laughs> that was created. It was fascinating, and I, you know, I helped her, you know, because just with what I do. Um, you know, I, did, I mean, I did help her with it, uh, but it was it was just fascinating. I want to do it myself because she had her own input on what she thought was important. You know, being a you know, you know, female Catholic school, she didn't want to take, make any cuts to any social programs, you know, or anything of that nature. So she didn't make any cuts to social programs, you know, because you know she didn't want to do that. Uh, but you know, there were some other things. You know, it was give and take. I mean, I was, you know. For the most part, satisfied with you go. I would I would tweak some things differently, uh, but it's really it's it's really interesting to do that uh, to be able to you know balance you know see them balance the budget like that. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we're, we're going to need funding, I, and I do think we should in, increase the funding because I think it's I think the investment is certainly is certainly worth it. And, and statistics show, you know, the math shows that you know every dollars spent, there's six to ten dollars worth of return on investment, you know, when you invest money in the space program, whether that's through the tax you know, tax you know, taxes by funding NASA or, you know, using commercial. And then using those two things together I think is a way to again make America great. And I think, you know, this this is a campaign for you know, this is a tr- campaign, I think, for Trump to do it. I think because of all the corona stuff going on, again, it could help him differentiate himself to talk more than just COVID. I, I really hope that, you know, this whole COVID thing doesn't take up all of the air out of the, you know, the campaign. But, again, remember what I said but, you know, a couple months ago, you know, the, the economy starting to open up, business to open, open up, and I think it's really important to – uh, for this to have happened, especially before July, I mean that's when the the campaign's really gonna really start gonna ramp up. Um, it's in July, and, and we're gonna get the the other thing. The promise there's still plenty of time uh, left in the show. So we, we're also gonna talk about coronavirus and the numbers since we're we're talking about it. Um, it says, but even those endeavors feel the strain of society's loss of wonder. And again, uh, we 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 need to. I mean, even within myself, I mean. Uh, you know, I know when we're we're all kids and stuff like that, we seem like the, a self of wonder, and you know, and you get older, you know, you, things just seem kind of uh, banal, right? And that's with a B. We're not in Bard's Logic after dark, so I said banal for all my <laughs> funny listeners out there. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so there's kind of a, a sense of banality that that there comments. It even happened to me. I'm Tivoli. Uh, young, but I feel, you know, my sense of wonder kind of gone and a sense of banality, you know, kind of overcome me for, for quite some time now. Um, but maybe with th- this, you know, gaining some wonder back on, uh, you know, gaining some, and that's what, why I had uh, the candidates uh, for the LaRouche PAC, the independent LaRouche PAC candidate uh, in New Jersey on is, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of politicians, including Trump, and I'm not saying he's he, better and more positive than Trump, but this guy had a – his campaign is based off of optimism. It's his campaign – and this is David Burke, uh, again, running uh, – and, and we had him on the show. Uh, but, I mean, his campaign was a campaign of optimism, 
you know, it was a campaign, you know, of positivity, of wonder, you know, because they really support the, the space program. So we, re- we really need that. Um, and so, uh, you, know, you know, continue on, it, and this is a little bit about the author of the, uh, of the article. It says, but um, I live near Waco, Texas, uh, and just a few miles south of McGregor. I, I like saying it like that because of that, that movie, Rob Roy. But anyway, <laughs> McGregor, uh, SpaceX has its test facilities. Uh, the massive engines tested there daily, so we just kind of, you know, talked about that. Um, you know, and we'll just kind of skip that. And for all, now, this is for uh, all of us philosophers out there. And we've even had philosophers on the show a long, long time ago, if you remember. Actually, when we, we had a caller from uh, Great Britain call in when we were interviewing uh, a, a philosopher who had his own uh, philosophical – uh, ethics that, that he created called experientialism. Um, his uh, name was uh, Gary Michael Blonick. Actually, he was a, he was a, a, a full disclosure. He was actually a friend of mine, uh, and I said was because he's the friend who is no longer my friend because I voted for Donald Trump. He does something friends for ten years and decides not to be my. Him and his wife decided not to be uh, friends anymore because I voted for Trump. But anyway. Um, and again, very intelligent guy. I mean, this guy is a published uh, philosopher who has his own philosophical, published philosophical ethics that he created called experientialism. It's, I mean, you know, and he stopped being my friend because I voted for Donald Trump. And I seen a picture of him the other day wearing a mask. And I cannot believe – and I know I'm going off a tangent, folks, and I apologize. But I can't believe the fear that's in this guy's eyes. And, and there's a lot of that out there. There's so much fear out there, so it's unbelievable. And I, I, I blame, as I said before, I blame the media. I, I blame the media for making people so afraid. And, but, but just to see this very intelligent guy so afraid. You know, and you could see it in his eyes wearing this mask, and they're like, do you think, you know, their post on Facebook was like, you know, do you think these will help, and do you think this is good enough? And I'm like, I mean, and, and just the, his eyes were like bugged out, and he looked, you know, in the picture, and he looked so afraid. And I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. This is just absolutely, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So, so we need something. I mean, we need something that can transcend over this uh, this coronavirus. But again, to my uh my, you know, so our, for our philosophical friends out there, including myself, honest, uh, if I would have taken uh, a couple more uh, courses in college, I would have uh, graduated with four minors, uh, oh, two of those being uh, theology and philosophy. <laughs> but anyway, says, uh, I took learning about Aristotelian principles of human nature for me to realize that spatial exploration is not just cool – uh, niche, uh, niche or niche interest, but an integral passion in the human heart. And I think Kelly talks a lot about the human heart here um, when, when we talk about things. It says, we not only can do it, we were made to do it. Aristotle, in his studies of human nature, defines mankind as rational, as the rational, as far as logic, right? Uh, the rational, political animal. That is, we are social animals dependent on each other with the unique abilities to learn and to choose. Thus, to be human 
is to discover truth and to choose good and community with each other. And then it, it says science is therefore, and we talk about science. We're hearing a lot about science, you know, lately, right? I mean, we haven't heard much about, you know, we hear so much. Oh, when people aren't ignoring the science, people aren't paying attention to the science. And let's let's be honest. And so one of the things we're going to talk about is who's manipulating the science, who's manipulating the the numbers. Which again, we'll we'll, we'll get to in our Corona coverage tonight. But the reason why I wanted to you know focus at least the first part of the show you know on the space program is everyone here knows how how passionate I am about it. Uh, but also because of the history of today. I mean, today could have been a real groundbreak history uh, with with getting us back, you know, into space from the United States. Now, I mean, I really like the idea of it being an American, purely American effort. Uh, now, you know, my friends at the LaRouche Pack, as I mentioned many times, uh, they see it as a more of a, an international cooperative uh, with nations such as China, such as Russia, India, getting them involved. Um, I, I'm, my jury is still out <laughs> with that, just especially with China and that will seem and, and Russia. I mean, it's, it's, I do. Do you guys, anybody else, find this interesting? And when people are ready to chime in, keep this question in mind. Do we find it interesting that the two nations? that would really be beneficial, and, and Trump actually has in the past tried to get be on good terms with, with the Russians, with the Russian government, with the Chinese government. And he's tried. I mean, yeah, he's tough with them, you know, especially with China and trade, but he's still tried to talk to them, you know, have a, rela- a working di- diplomatic, which people are like, oh, Trump's not a diplomat. Yeah, Trump, Trump tried to be di- diplomatic. They just never gave him the chance to do it. Okay, but notice that it would be beneficial for us to, you know, be be in good terms with. Who is it that's trying to get us to be their enemies? And I've been, I, and I've been at conservative uh, conservative media with this. The media is out to make them our enemies, even though Trump would has made efforts, and he hasn't had a chance to make probably the efforts that he'd want to. Because of you know the geo the geopolitics that we got and the deep state and the, you know and things of that nature, I, I don't know. That's just something to ponder on. On why is it that the two nations that it would be best for the United States to get uh, be friendly with? Why does the media, again, including some conservative media and even some conservative you know icons such as like you know Hannity and Tucker Carlson? Why they are still, you know, especially against China. I mean, that, that's definitely something I'd like to explore, maybe have answer a little bit tonight. And I'm sure that that's even a question that um, can take up uh, the, the need for an entire show. Uh, but that, yeah, that's just something to ponder for when people want, you know, want to chime in on on that, because um, it just it just kind of make me wonder. Uh, the Larouche Pact, they they deem that. It's more uh, actually has to do with with Britain, and one of these days we'll have some some folks from there on, back on again to to talk about that. Uh, but I don't know; it just kind of gives me pause. And again, I, I mean, I, I like I kind of like it to be, you know, where it's just America at the forefront, you know, just doing it alone. Maybe it's because I'm kind of a a loner, do it do it your own, do it all yourself person. 
uh, here. Of course, you know, I, I find that I know you guys find that ironic. Me doing a fundraiser, right, and then saying I like to do things on, on my own. Um, <laughs> so it's like, well, Robert, how can you just go pay for all that yourself? Well, you know, well, you know how that is, right? Um, I like to, you know, be able to to do that, um, but you know, I don't know how you know feasible that is. I mean, I will have, I will if I have to, you know, if I have to do it, I will do it. Um, I prefer, you know, not to. Um, and I, again, I'm, that's probably not the use when you're trying to uh, fundraise. But you know, I'm I'm pretty uh, straightforward on that. But anyway, um, uh, you know, back here it says science is therefore, by its nature, an express uh, a central expression of humanity, but which we seek out knowledge and do so by building on the work of predecessors. To, well, that's see. This is before I even read this part of the article, collaborating with others. So, I mean, The Martian is one of my favorite movies, and, it do, and I, 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 I kind of don't like it, but, you know, for those who are familiar with the movie, you know, when the rocket to, to send uh, supplies to the guy stranded there blows up, we have to go to the, the Chinese to help us out. Or, or someone goes to them and, you know, they, they work it out, they collaborate to make it work. And they they actually made it a, uh, kind of a big, made it out of a bit, as a big deal towards the end of the movie. Um, and it was, again, it was with the Chinese, which I found interesting that, that the movie did it with the Chinese and not Russia. But anyway, uh, and preparing the way for future endeavors. With gra- graceful, oh, one of my favorite words, serendipity, science itself has confirmed Aristotle's theory. As we learn more about the human form, we discover more and more that evolution has gifted us with the perfect body to express our rationality and sociability. Now, I know for my religious folks out there how it is with evolution and, and things of that nature. I semi-apologize for that, but um, again, this is from the article. I didn't read that. I know people have different views uh, on evolution. Um, and again, that's just uh, how they put this in the um uh, the article. So I'll just uh, kind of speak a, give a paragraph that I don't think is is that relevant. It says um, that mankind is rational and social, is made to be scientific, has been proven by the very pursuit the theory encourages. To be human is to be scientific, and the science of rocketry and space exploration is no different. Indeed, is perhaps the most human of our scientific pursuits, and, and, and maybe that's what the United States uh, citizenry, you know, I, I don't know. It, it just again, you know, we we, we, we again, like last show, was the coronavirus uh, made us to not know how to be Americans anymore. Um, and for those of you who missed that show, you know, again, as all of our shows are. Uh, it is archived. You can listen to it. It's not quite the three hours because my little faux pas last week, um, you know, anyway. It says, how integral to humanity, then, would uh, we've considered the literal pursuit of the stars and the knowledge they yield through the application of the theoretical science. Space exploration is the marriage of science and philosophy. Let me see my two favorite things. Two of humanity's most noble pursuits, and I'm no Aristotle, but I imagine that he would have placed space exploration at the intersection point uh, right between math and philosophy. So, you know, we're almost, yeah, I'm almost done here uh, with the article, but 
you know, because it's not getting quite, you know, political anymore. Um, but again, I, I think it's, and it's probably the last I'm going to, yeah, that's the, the last I'm going to use for it. You can, again, you can read all of the article uh, from the Bards Logic website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Um, I do see Kelly wants to chime in. Um, I, I did see Dr. Colbert in there. I, I didn't see him uh, look to chime in. I was coming and hoping he, he would. He's the one who uh, provided uh, the uh, the next uh, article I'm going to read about the coronavirus. But since we do have Kelly looking to uh, chime in, let's go ahead and uh, bring in Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, hey. Uh, just happy. It's kind of decent. Well, a little bit too hot today, but uh, here in California. Um SpaceX, man, I'm right there. My son and I are watching TV, ready to go. We are, we were gonna go surveying. Um, I'm like, hey, why don't we, uh, you know, we only got like 15 minutes. Let's go watch SpaceX at a roundtable, and uh, you know, have lunch there. And he's like, yeah. So, oh, canceled because of lightning. That was just kind of like, oh, bummer. But what I heard was, and I hope this is correct, 3:30 on Saturday they're gonna launch, gonna try again. Don't no, stop no. Be careful. Three twenty-two because if you start to watch at three thirty, you're gonna miss it. Three twenty-three. Three twenty-three. That's right. Three twenty-three. Three twenty-three. Okay, I, I thought three twenty-two. Basically, I should tune in at three o'clock. Um, yeah, I remember growing up uh, watching the Apollo or the Saturns. Um, trying to remember which, you know, they had the Apollo and they had the Saturns. I watched some commentary today on the. Uh, I want to say Saturn Five. You know, at several centers, but it was one of the most amazing, and the amount of payload it could put up into space is amazing. Um, so it was really fun watching that. Yeah, you know, I was like, like six, <laughs> four, five, six. My brother's a couple years older. You know, hey, let's watch this. I'm like, okay. You know, I didn't realize how historic it was. Um, so, um, but I always am amazed. You know, I, I think I told you this before, but it's, it's still funny. Who made it to the moon first? Do you remember who made it to the moon? moon? It was either in what way? (laughs) Well, it was either a reporter. It was a reporter, but I don't know if they were ABC, CBS, or NBC, because they're out there when uh, you know Neil Armstrong uh, came down the ladder and stepped on the moon. But it's always kind of a joke there. Um, Oh, okay. You know, yeah. So, anyways, so we go to science, okay? Um, Aristotle, other I've been listening. And uh, what is science? I have a seven-word seven definition that I've come up with. I haven't had a master's science degree. But what is, what is science in seven words? Science is the study of... Go ahead. Oh, I'll stop if you, if you got it. Science is the study of... Oh, no, I didn't. Tomorrow. Go ahead. I thought it was a... Um... Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll just go ahead. Okay, science is the study of repeatable events. You know, you drop, uh, you know, you drop an apple, it falls to the ground, you know, pretty much like 100% of the time. You hit your brakes, and 99.99999% of the time, your vehicle's going to stop. Science is the study of repeatable events. Engineering is taking science and using it to, with creativity, and, and solve problems. Um, so science is a study of repeatable events. And I, as a kid, I was launching. I had a whole like, I had like 
at least 15, maybe 20 rockets that I made, you know, the Estes rockets. And, wow. uh, yeah, I even had a double stager. I had the, the, the glider, too, and it went all over the place. <laughs> it was just fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, eventually I became an engineer. Anyway, but, yeah, science is a study of repeatable events. Uh, observation, observation, you know. Uh, let's see. What's repeatable is uh, you say bad words to your wife, you're going to sleep on the couch. Um, <laughs> you bring her out, you give, you give her breakfast in bed. Uh, you call her from work, you bring home roses, let her, you cook dinner, do the bubble bath. Yeah, I might, like maybe 90% of the time, get a, a positive result out of that one. But that, maybe that's conspiracy, not science. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, there are just definite, uh, non disputable matters uh, with science. It's, you know, it's, here's the facts and here's the, uh, here's what it is science. Boom, done. And uh, some are uh, in my travel. Some people are like, well, how can you believe in evolution when you have a master's degree in engineering? Or so, how can you not believe in evolution? I said, well, faith is a different realm. It's a different realm than science. It's just a different realm. It's like basketball versus football, or oranges versus. It's just different. So, but I like what. Um, a lot of Christians did was they learned science for the medical, you know, 1700s, 1800s, etc., and they started a lot of hospitals. They used science for the good of humanity, just as Aristotle suggested we should do. So, you know, it's an interesting, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the, the space. It's interesting they called the SpaceX rocket. I, I, think that, I think I heard that today. A little distracted talking to my son, but I think they called it the drag, Dragon. Was that the name of the rocket? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They did call it Dragon. Okay, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's called the yeah, Dragon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Apollo and Saturn are using Roman, calling them Roman gods. That's interesting. And we have because called the Dragon. Okay, that's interesting. Anyway, um, so 3.23 on Saturday. That's Eastern time, right? Is that right? Eastern what? time? What's that? Three twenty. Yeah, yeah. These are yeah. It's Eastern time. Yes. Yeah. Definitely consider that. That's Eastern time. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's kind of more fun to watch it live, even though yeah, we can watch it on YouTube. And uh, so yeah, and it's they were saying um, it's been almost a decade where we uh, before we've kind of subbed with the the Russians. Um, we worked with the Russians to put stuff in space. And uh, so how much of this is true, I don't know, but I do know they have um, high-velocity weapons up in space that are like um, lead, and, and they're called kinetic weapons, actually. And they're so high up that they – and they're like a, basically like a column or a solid tube uh, pointed – that they can move the satellites over and drop them on a city, and it'll take out like a city block because there's so much energy, and they're really high up. So that's it's kind of an interesting thing. I, I just wonder how much NASA was really military. Well, it was military, but things that we, I mean, I know there's dispute about going to space. We didn't go to moon. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Well, look at this. Blah 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 blah. Okay, whatever. But it's like maybe maybe we really did go to the moon. 
But what we saw was a distraction so the Russians don't learn our secrets because we were in a Cold War. And ironically, how getting up in space seemed to help end the Cold War. Um, you know, they when you look at technology growth from uh, 1890s, Madame Curie discovered uh, radioactivity, where energy was being um, mass was getting turned into energy. She could actually weigh this, and because there were radioactive elements, Einstein put it together: E equals mc squared. And then in 1945, we had the atomic bomb. So in 50 years, without many computers, they they had some computers in the 40s, but uh, technology has progressed so amazingly. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what unique features SpaceX is going to have, things that they've worked on that we don't even know about, and other discoveries or technologies coming forth from it. So I should I let somebody else talk, really. But I just, you know, there's my thoughts. Bummer, bummer, it didn't go off today. My son and I are like, this is like sharing a childhood moment with him that I had with my brother. Uh, but it's lightning. Okay, fine. But I'll just turn it over to somebody else. Well, right now, uh, we do have other callers on the line, but we do have, it's just uh, you and me who uh, are chimed in the call. Uh, we usually have, you know, our good friend from Hawaii. Uh, Joseph, but he is uh, unable, he was unable to come in tonight. And I was talking to Dr. Colbert, and I wonder if this is a functionality issue, uh, but he said, he, he gave me a text, and he said uh, that he, he he dialed in like five times and was and was not able to get uh, get into the show. I've seen his number up there, uh, but he did, uh, um, he said, I had to dial back in five times. Um, I, uh, all I did is get disconnected. Uh, so he dialed in five times to get disconnected. So I'm hoping a lot of folks, uh, you know, aren't, aren't having the same problem. And, and before I gear up uh, for, you know, our next topic, um, I want to, uh, you know, and one of the things we're going to we're gonna go over is, and, and uh, you mentioned what, Mer- Madam Curie or something. I, every time I hear her name, I think of uh, the movie Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, because when uh, Mina first meets, uh, you know, Dracula, basically, then, you know, he's saying, he's saying something about a pictograph, and she's like, oh, do you think Madam Curie would make such a comparison or something? Because he says, like, the the photograph or whatever that make, the fan makes movies, you know, it was like one of the, the greatest inventions of uh, of their time or something, and, and she's like, do you think... Now, do you think Madam Curie would agree with that or, or would make such a comparison or something like that? <laughs> so, anyway, I always think about that um, when I hear that. Uh, but before I do that, I do got an audio I want to play. Now, remember, folks, I mean, I, I am tying the politics in with you know, making America greater and, you know, how Trump could, again, differentiate himself from Biden. And, and this is an audio, I know folks have heard it, but it's a four-year-old, four-year-old audio clip, so people may have forgotten about it. And uh, this was an audio from uh, Eileen Collins, and she was the, the first woman to, uh, I believe, uh, you know, be in space, <laughs> okay, on a, she was on a space shuttle. And uh, so we got a, it's just about a four-minute clip. Uh, but she was at the 2016 uh, convention, which, of course, as you uh, you know, you may have followed today, that Nancy Pelosi is saying that well, we don't need 10,000, tens of thousands of people in a, uh, to be 
at a convention. We just don't need it. We don't need to have all those people. Blah 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 blah. blah. You know. So I'm, I'm telling you, they. I mean, could you imagine? You have a convention, tens of thousands of people uh, of of Democrats hoping, praying. Well, maybe not praying unless they're they're praying to ball or something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, just Democrats in there, you know, going to be on, you know, transfixed on every word that Biden says. And could you imagine Biden? And I feel sorry for Biden. I don't dislike the man. I actually feel sorry for him watching him and seeing him up on stage at the Democrat, the DNC convention. And he's ready to make his 20, 30, 40-minute speech, right? Could you imagine the look on those Democrats' faces when they see Biden trying to give a 20, 30, 40-minute speech? By the time that speech is over, that place, you're, I think you're going. If they do have an, a, a a convention, which I, I think they're going to probably stop it. I think they're not going to have it. But if there was, they'd be cheering, ah, oh, Biden, oh, defeat Trump, blah, 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 blah. and then he's going to give his speech. See, this is what I would think would happen. Then he'd give his speech, and then after that, you're going to hear. For a few moments, dead silence. People shocked, like, holy crap. This guy's really he, – he's really not capable of being president of the United States. He's not capable of it. And by golly, if he had, they had the convention and then him have the debates – oh, I keep saying this on Twitter and no one really is, is responding to me. So I think the people I'm saying this to are dreading it just as much as I'm looking forward to it. But I cannot wait for the debates, if they have those, if they have those too, why? I mean, you know, they should have the debates, have them be six feet apart, have a a, a plastic, you know, a, a plastic thing, you know, screen or whatever. Heck, they don't even have to be in the same room. He could be in a room, the other person could be in a room. They could be in like green rooms, and there you have it, you know. But I'm telling you, the Democrats, I don't think they're going to even let Biden debate. But man, and that's why they're probably trying to keep him not having a convention. Because I mean, that, you would just—I mean, because even people who aren't Democrats would be watching the Democrat convention. You'll—you'll you'll have independents. You'll even have some Republicans watching it, and, and of course, I would have to be watching it. But um, and so, oh my gosh, I just couldn't imagine what it would be like him trying to him trying to trudge through, you know, a, a, you know, a speech, an acceptance speech. I just. <laughs> Oh, but that, anyway, but let me go ahead and then and this is from uh not Munich or Mike Kelly, uh but this is from the two thousand sixteen Republican convention uh with Donald Trump uh you know when he was got the nomination. So let me go ahead and mute our mics and keep, get that keyed up. To command a space shuttle mission. From the moment the first pilgrims arrived on our shores, Americans have been asking, what's next? We are a nation built by the passion of people who weren't afraid to do something first, 
to step into the unknown and to pave our own way forward. We are a nation of explorers. In 1961, President Kennedy issued a challenge to America to land a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. And 47 years ago, on this very day, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin answered that call and they walked on the moon. And they took with them an American flag and a plaque bearing the inscription, Here, men from planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. We landed on the moon to fulfill a leadership challenge and to explore. We know that exploration leads to invention, innovation, and discovery. For example, our successful robotic missions to Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto have provided valuable information about our own planet. But in 2011, the space shuttle program ended. The last time the United States launched our own astronauts from our own soil was over five years ago. We must do better than that. Countries that are strong are countries that explore, invent, and discover to remain resilient in a changing world. I'm honored to have played a role in our nation's heritage of explorers as the first woman to command a space shuttle mission, joining the ranks of those that have fought to lead the way. Thanks. And we are all so proud of our Apollo program that put our astronauts on the moon first in peace for all mankind. Nations that lead on the frontier lead in the world. We need that visionary leadership again, leadership that will inspire the next generation of explorers to have that same passion. We need leadership that will ask Americans, Americans will ask again, what's next? We need leadership that will make America's space program first again. Yes. And we need leadership that will make America great again. I want to thank all of you. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless America. Okay, and again, I was uh, back in the 2016 uh, convention. Uh, you know, Kelly stated that uh, he's got to step away for a bit. Uh, so let me know when you uh, the need to come back on. So, you know, again, we, we all know folks who are long-term listeners uh, to the show um, that, 
you know, how I am about the space program, how I think it's important. Uh, and I, I'm happy to see that we are making steps. I mean, today, I mean, I even took a little break from work to uh, to try to watch, as Kelly did, uh, the launch. Um, and I'm going <coughs> to, excuse me, luckily I am off work on, on you know, on Saturday. So I'll, I'll probably be spending most of the day watching the gear up again and, and sitting, you know, doing something I don't like to do. And that's sit on my couch and do nothing as a lot of these these commercials are trying to uh, to get us to do. So I'll just sit around and, and do nothing, which is something that I loathe. I mean, I loathe the thought of just sitting around and, and doing absolutely nothing. These commercials are, are terrible. Now, I wanted to have uh, – <coughs> excuse me. I wanted to have uh, Dr. Tolbert come on and to uh, – there's a, again, I hate when I do that. <laughs> but anyway, I want to have uh, Dr. Colbert on trying to, uh, you know, respond to, you know, this next article I've got uh, because he's the one who, who brought these to, you know, my attention and sent them to me and have it be part of, you know, our conversation tonight. Uh, but unfortunately, again, you know, he's having some trouble with uh, getting called in. And so, you know, it's just it's just me and maybe Kelly and, and, and others. So he said he has a hard time calling in tonight. So I hope that's not the same uh, with others who's been who's been trying to call in uh, to the show. I thought maybe we'd hear again from Joe tonight since we got disconnected. Unless Joe thought, hey, wait a minute, Rob, Mark, Rob cut me off or Robert cut me off, uh, which I, I didn't. It just you know I did that little faux pas I said earlier. So maybe if he uh, we'll listen to the archive here, then he'll listen to it. But also, speaking of that, and I don't do this much, uh, and that is to, uh, you know, kind of promote the following things. Uh, so if you uh, could, uh, if you could follow. I'm going to turn uh, your mic on, Kelly, just in case you want to chime in when you can come back. But I'll still edit mute it, but I'll, I'll turn it back on. Uh, but anyway, is that I, I haven't done this for a while, and I don't know why I do. Again, this is because I probably don't like to ask for things, uh, is that – uh, one, you know, you could follow Bard's Logic uh, here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. There's a follow button, and then you, what you're supposed to do get you're supposed to get emails to say, "Hey, the show's coming up," you know, stuff like that. Uh, but one thing that can also be a reminder for you uh, that the show is coming up is that you can also uh, sign up for the newsroom. Uh, to get uh, updates and updates, you know, once a week. I like the show. I really wish I could do uh, the show more. Uh, you know, maybe in the future, uh, but right now it's it is what it is and it is what it has been for you know quite some time. Um, but you know, I do what I can. So anyway, but you can get those uh, weekly updates by subscribing to the uh, the newsroom. Now it's free. Don't cost anything uh, to subscribe. Uh, to uh, the newsroom, just put your email in, and then you get those email updates. And also, you know, while you're there, check out the give page. I do have that link to uh, the fundraiser. Uh, so far, uh, myself uh, and Dr. Colbert have uh, you know donated. And I it said uh, what a couple weeks ago, you know, whoever's the highest one, I'll match it. Um, I've matched Dr. Colbert so far because this was the the highest. But if someone else does it, I'll add on to what I've already put in. For that, uh, and then we did have another one, uh, Robert, uh, who did uh, contribute some. So of course, you know, we really appreciate and thank that as well. Uh, so you can also look that up 
uh, on the Bart's Logic uh, newsroom, not the newsroom, uh, on the the Give page. You can you know, check that out there. And so, yeah, yeah, subscribe, you know, and then share, of course, the link to the fundraiser to folks. Maybe they can uh, find it within themselves to, you know, assist. And then also, you know, for them to, to listen to our show and, and, and be a part of our roundtable discussion. Right, and so it'd be good to uh, have them, you know, have them on. And so again, I want to have Dr. Tolbert, you know, kind of chime in on this. Cause again, he's the one who brought this <coughs> to my attention, and they talk a lot about this on this upcoming program. Uh, that uh, I, I just for those who are early, you just called in a little bit ago, is that uh, Bart's Logic is having its first commercial on terrestrial radio. I know it's like, man, how, how come after eight years you're just now getting your first commercial on terrestrial radio? Uh, you know, just uh, that, that's what happens, I guess. But, um, I mean, I know I've been on things here and there, and I've, I've been to invited to different conventions, and I've spoken at a couple conventions and things of that nature. Uh, but this is the first time where, you know, I've actually been on a commercial to, to tout the show. Um, and so, you know, and I've been to rallies and this and that where I've, you know, put out cards and, you know, made some efforts to, you know, promote the show. Uh, but this one's actually, you know, it's going to be on terrestrial radio. It's going to be on this Sunday. Uh, I don't have the, the time it's supposed to start. Um, I do have uh, an email out to Jim Condit Jr. We've had him on the show a number of times. He's the, you know, you know the founder, one of the founders of Watch the Vote USA. Uh, he's going to, you know, be on the show with a couple other folks, and they're going to be talking about this. So if you have iHeartRadio, and if you want to look at the station, that's called WLW uh, 700 is the number on there. But WLW, uh, it's, a, it's a Cincinnati radio station. Uh, and you know, if you could find it, that would be great. You can listen in. Now, it is a recorded because of the whole COVID thing. They were only limiting, uh, like, your the, the full-time hosts because the, the station has full-time hosts there. And only the people who are full-time hosts are able to actually go to the facility and do their show. So if you're going to do a show outside of that, uh, then you have to, you know, in this instance, uh, do a recording and then and and then do the excuse <laughs> me, a pre-recorded program. And so uh, definitely take you know take a listen to you'll be get to hear the commercial. Um, I got the audio uh, that they created. Uh, so I, and I don't know exactly when the Bart's Logic commercial is going to come on. I think it's like a two-hour show, uh, and, you know, the, the show is about two hours, and I don't know where Bart's Logic. It's going to be interesting stuff. I mean, I listened to about half of the show while, you know, while I was working on some show prep tonight. Uh, however, you know, I don't know. You know. That being said, I don't know exactly. You know, I don't know exactly when uh, that's going to, you know, when that will come on, uh, you know, for Bart's Logic. And so, anyway, we'll get to this uh, this, this, this article uh, you know, of course, it's about, you know, the, again, title two, From Coronavirus to Election 2020. Uh, and this is uh, the coronavirus rate has been inflated all over the country. And this is an article uh, on restoring liberty. And this is an article, it's a, it's a week old, so it's a little older, but, you know, it's, it's not, that, not, not that long ago. And it says, uh, it's no longer a question of if the coronavirus's fatality numbers are inflated, uh, but by how much they are inflated. Last week, Colorado was forced to revise its own COVID-19 fatality numbers down by a whopping 
after state and local officials called out the coding. And we've talked about this, you know, not we didn't say coding, but we did say this on the show some time ago that, you know, they're, they're putting down that someone passed away from COVID uh, when they, they didn't, you know, or, you know, they didn't even have it. Um, and this is over in Colorado, but it, it has been through other places in the country. Uh, and it says uh, 23% after a state and local uh, officials called out the coding of deaths of people who died of other causes uh, who merely tested positive for the virus. And now it appears that this trend is widespread in Colorado and all over the country, which would explain why we saw an endless surge death count for weeks after hospitals were already empty. Uh, once testing standards became I'm sorry, once testing became standard, officials were retroactively recoding anyone who tested positive for COVID-19 without any evidence they died from it. Uh, what would the death rate look like if every state that were forced to count only those proven with reasonable evidence to have died of COVID virus? Uh, like Pennsylvania, for example. The Armstrong County Coroner posted on Facebook earlier this week that the number of Department of Health, uh, I'm sorry, that the State Department of Health inflated in his county's COVID-19 numbers from two to six. It says over the past two decades, serving as Deputy Coroner and Coroner Deputy Deputy Coroner and Coroner, I as well as the staff of my office have always made every attempt to be as straightforward and honest with the residents of this county and family members of every person we serve. During the COVID-19 crisis, it has brought, been brought <coughs> to my has been brought to my attention. Oh, I hate when I get pop-ups. Seriously, sorry. <laughs> it says oh, I hate it then I had the lost my place. It has been brought, there we go. During the ongoing COVID-19 crisis, it has been brought to my attention some untruths and misleading statistics released by the Department of Health. Last week, I placed many phone calls to the Department of Health in an attempt to correct these inconsistencies. I believe that the residents of our county should not be misled or confused by falsified data. Unfortunately, my calls fell upon deaf ears. The Department of Health and their website, which is updated daily, had reported that six people in our county had died due to COVID-19. This is incorrect. Where and how they came up with the number is unknown to me. The correct number for Armstrong County is two. Over the weekend, my office subpoenaed the Department of Health to get information related to all the deaths they attributed to Armstrong County and their noon website update. The number of Armstrong deaths had been corrected and now raised two. As to their motives behind it, <laughs> come on, uh, he's just being politically correct here. When he says, as to their motives behind inflating the numbers, I haven't a clue. However, I am positive that other counties are in the same position. As a public servant and elected official, I believe in transparency and truth in numbers. The residents of Armstrong County should always be made aware of the truth. And that's that's from his Facebook. <clears throat> it said, although he shamed the state into revising those numbers, he made it clear this is happening in many other counties. If they multiply two deaths by three, what does that pretend 
of the county with 500 recorded deaths. Last week, the local Fox affiliate in Alaska reported that there are some serious questions about the 10th coronavirus death reported by the state. 90-year-old Donald Van Buren lived alone and was reported to have died of the virus, but neighbors who took care of him assert that he died of cancer and kidney failure. People had the right to know that their deaths of their loved ones weren't politicized for the political agenda or used by hospitals to secure a 20% extra Medicare reimbursement under the provision of the Cures Act. Hmm. Think about that. So if someone was died or was said to be died, Uh, from Corona, they get an extra. Uh, they get an extra twenty percent. Wow. Wow. Anyway, it says Daniel Spitz, uh, Malcolm County, Michigan. So I'm sure we've heard a lot about Michigan lately. Of course, with what the uh, the governor is doing there. Uh, it says, uh, observes a similar trend in his state. I think a lot of clinicians are putting that condo, uh, condition, COVID-19, on death certificates when it might not be accurate because they died with coronavirus and not of coronavirus, he said. The, are they entirely accurate? No. Are people dying of it? Absolutely. Are people dying of other things and coronavirus is maybe getting credit? Yeah. Probably. In Washington State, the Freedom Foundation estimates that the fatality numbers are inflated by as much as 13%. Information from the state's Department of Health indicate that 106 deaths, quote, involved persons who had previously tested positive for COVID-19, but did not have the virus listed anywhere on the death certificate as these are causing or contributing to death. Funeral directors are seeing this phenomenal, as well as the medical examiners. Dan McCraw, president of Bill Brothers or Gill Brothers Funeral and Cremation in Minnesota, recently complained about the fact that almost all deaths he deals with are being certified as a result of COVID-19, including those who died of cancer in hospice. What useful perp quote? What useful purpose is being served to clump together decedents that passed away with COVID-19 and not necessarily as a direct cause, asked the Twin Cities funeral director in an interview with the local media outlet. Meanwhile, after the Colorado officials revised the numbers down, local corners are still blowing the whistle. Uh, See, that's the Democrats' favorite thing. You think the Democrats would love this. You would think they'd love that. I mean, they, they love whistleblowers, right? I thought the Democrats love whistleblowers. <laughs> anyway, on the politicized death certificate coding, La Plata um, County Coroner Jan Smith is contesting the state's classification of Robert Kuja, 80, has, as having died of COVID-19 on May 9th, which would have been counted as the county's first corona death. The family and the coroner made it clear that he died of heart failure and that the virus played no role in his death. The death has now been reclassified as one that is among those who had the virus rather than because of the virus. To the east of La Plata in Pueblo County, Colorado, uh, county court, so it goes on and goes on, um, and it says new data uh, from a largely uh, a large 
serology test, you have to through serum, um, and even among seniors, the majority of those who test positive for the virus are asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic, yet the CDC guidance recording death assumes a 100% fatality rate among anyone who has ever contracted coronavirus. While the virus is certainly dangerous for seniors, the death rate is still nowhere near 100%. And so, you know, that's most of the article there. And, and thank you, Dr. Colbert, for uh, bringing me. But before I uh, move on, uh, Kelly, are, are you back in where you can chime in on that? I would say from the silence that that would be a no. So, again, I was hoping that, you know, we could have Dr. Tolbert to, uh, to um, you know, talking on that. And, and one of the things, I guess, because of the, the, po the possible technical difficulties uh, that he has and <clears throat> he's had, and I'm seeing that, you know, other folks have, have not really called in. I wonder how, how that is. And it's unfortunate because <laughs> – on the uh, on the commercial I did yesterday, yeah, uh, one of the things, and, and boy, I hope this isn't the first <laughs> excuse me, the first episode that uh, the people, the new listeners, you know, from the commercial listen to, because on the commercial, one of the things I tout is that, oh yeah, you hardly hear me on the show. <laughs> so I do find it ironic that last night I do a commercial. Where I'm telling folks, oh yeah, you'll hardly hear me as the host on the show. You normally hear, you know, the, the callers. We do the roundtable discussion. We try to get, you know, everybody in with equal time and everything. And now, again, perhaps again because of uh, technical difficulties, then it may just be uh, the majority of myself and, and maybe Kelly uh, on there, uh, you know, on the show. So we'll uh, we'll see how long we can we, we can do that. Uh, we may just take it to um, to the midnight hour for Barnes Logic uh, tonight, but we'll uh, we will see. And so there's other things that you know Dr. Tolbert uh, shared uh, you know, with us. Uh, let's see, you know, but these are some other things. Um, now, one of the things we, we we talked about, and I've seen this video. I've seen this video on, uh, and, and I sh well, it was in Italian, so we weren't. You know, I wasn't going to make a you know, I wasn't going to make a an audio clip of it because she's, she's speaking Italian, and you you kind of have to not kind of have to you have to read the the script, right? The the, the closed captioning, as they as they say. But basically, there was uh, in Sicily, the coronavirus emergency coordinated was uh, arrested. With nine other people uh, a couple of weeks ago on suspicion of corruption and rigging of health sector tenders uh, while uh, in the rolls. And this is in, is in Italy. Um, and so, you know, for corruption, about, I guess, with what they were reporting on uh, the coronavirus there. And then you had one of their, you know, I guess, someone from their, their Congress or one of their. It was their parliament. I mean, they had the parliament. Um, there was a member of the, the parliament who was really blasting uh, Gates, and we, we talked about Bill Gates here. Um, it was uh, Sarah Cuneo uh, of Venito uh, was actually saying that uh, Bill Gates, you know, a lot of crimes to try to sell these uh, these vaccines. 
Uh, if you get a chance, uh, you can find. Uh, see, I don't have this on uh, on Bard's Logic uh, on the on the website. I don't have this. But what you can do is you can go to um, and you can probably search this on. It's Restoring Liberty is the name of the website. Uh, and so you you can go there. But you know, it's it's a, it's a really cool video. I've seen it. And I mean, she's you know she's really going off. Uh, she she's really going off on them on that, you know, Bill Gates, and gosh, I wish we can, uh, had a video, uh, video aspect of this, uh, because, I mean, it was, it was just, it was definitely something to see. And so one of the things I want to, I don't know how many folks on there are, are Twitter, uh, Twitter users, but there's been a recent development that you may, uh, and, and again, this is something that is you know affecting the you know the election. We're we're getting in gear to you know for for our election coverage. And Twitter, as you probably found out, not the long ago, has been. I don't know if they were strong armed or they made a you know they're pretending they're being strong armed, but basically, uh, Trump put you know a tweet out about I think uh, Scarborough about. Hey, you know, maybe people should look up about the, this girl's death and, you know, and things of that nature. And basically, because of the uproar on that, uh, they, the media, I should say, uh, or Twitter, fell under the pressure for people to fact check Trump. And so, one of the things that I've been doing on Twitter is when I see a, uh, you know, them allow posts from like Nancy Pelosi. Or Kamala Harris and things of that nature. I simply put, so was this, you know, was this, you know, was this post fact check? <laughs> so they need to, to fact uh, check them as well. Uh, and so now, whereas that can be, you know, and where that can be, you know, you know, tr- you know troublesome is that again, you know, Twitter. Uh, I wish there was other platforms, you know, other than than Twitter for for what we we try to do. You know, to get you know get the word out, and, and Twitter is. And I blame Sarah Palin. It's her fault. She's the one who got politicians started with using Twitter. If you think about it, remember when people used to make fun of her? And I'm just kidding. I'm not saying it's her fault. I was just joking with that. But you know, for people, if they remember that, you know, she used to actually get made fun of for you know for you know tweeting, uh, you know, a lot as much as she did. And now it's kind of like the thing for politicians to do. It was like. So, sir, but I mean, you see all the, the news outlets, you see, you know, the politicians. Heck, you mean he's a president of the United States tweeting now. Um, and so, but we got, you know, we got to watch for that because, you know, we, this, unfortunately, again, it's the only platform that there really is. I mean, there's Facebook, but, I mean, it's all social media. Uh, now, one of the things that Marco Rubio said about it um, is that, look, you know, right now, you're supposed to be open for any type of commentary, whether you, you know, kind of think that it needs to be fact-checked or not. Because if you start labeling tweets, as they labeled a couple of uh, Trump's tweets, uh, through my understanding of what I heard on, on this, uh, you know, they can, they can lose their protective status to not get sued, Twitter. Twitter right now is a protective status that, you know, because what's on the because of the content on Twitter, they can't be sued. But if they... You know, continue what they're what they're doing with like labeling some of Trump's 
not stuff as well, not factual evidence or something of that nature, then what Marco Rubio was talking about and said, look, you know, that's a, a violation of something or other for their, you know, protective status, you know, for if anyone wants to, you know, you know, puts anything on Twitter. But if they, because then they become what he said is like they're like publishers. And then publishers fall into the preview of allowing people to, you know, monitor what they're doing and then making, you know, making sure that's fair. And if not, you could be sued. That takes away your, your, your protection of being sued. Uh, so that could be something that can end up being very bad for Twitter if they're not careful, you know, and just have a uh, a laissez-faire perception, a laissez-faire uh, way of dealing with uh, with that, and hands off, you know, have that have a laissez-faire policy. There you go. That's what I was looking for uh, to make sure that you know that that stuff doesn't you know that happens, and, and it's it's being done by them. That's the point. They're the ones doing it. Uh, Twitter's the one doing it. So Ruby's like, yeah, you might want to be careful. If you want to start, you know, putting those labels on there, now you're becoming a publisher. Now you're becoming an editor where you're editing people, you know, tweets and saying whether, you know, it's something <coughs> that's real or not. So you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. They, they, they may very well back down from that. Um, no, I, you know, I would hope so. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's bad enough some of the things that, you know, social media is already doing. Um, and and it, it, how did we let the liberals just get, get control of all the things like that is it, beyond my comprehension. I mean, they did. I mean, that's one thing we could say they did They did well is uh, the liberals really got them infiltrated, get the, got themselves infiltrated in a lot of places. I mean, they, they will give them that they're, that they've been successful in that. And um, now, Kelly, I still got your mic on. I just wanted to make sure that I'm not doing the what, the, what you call that, the uh, ace deadly sin, and that is hogging up the mic. Yeah, the ace deadly sin. I decided uh, to go to the store and get something, but I ran into a client. Oh, wow. For him. Uh, yeah, and he uh, told me a report about his frustrations with guns. He uh, wanted to buy some 22 rounds and uh, couldn't unless out a background check here in California. And so he um, went ahead and uh, went through the background check. Oh, no, rejection. He doesn't have a criminal record. Well, what happened was the address where he bought the gun was like in central California, and now he's moved, and the addresses didn't match. So he couldn't buy guns. They get you know the print out Walmart whatever, and uh, print out here's a phone number call him. Oh, that's what he found out. He's got to go online do a bunch of stuff, which you know again delay delay delay. And then I said, well you know you can always buy him from Morgan I guess. Oh yeah, it's legal for Californians to buy ammunition. Only like 20 minutes from the Oregon border, and Medford big store, so you can buy you can buy. Ammunition up there. He said, "Yeah, I, as a Californian, it's legal for me to buy ammunition in Oregon. Just don't bring it across the state line." Jeez. Um, you know what happened to the tariff thing? Only approved by Congress. You can't. You, you can't have. You can have interstate. It's just frustrating what California is doing. They grab the guns. Or, 
Oh, and then they let all the criminals out, you know. Well, corona, let's let the criminals out. And by the way, on my way to the store, I saw some of the usual uh, homeless people were at the shelter. Oh, and there's a whole bunch more. How many of these are criminals? I don't know. How many just got out of jail? We have those people at our shelter. And uh, it's getting worse and worse and worse. So, uh, and, and a lot of people that are homeless have a criminal record of uh, some kind. And so you can't really buy guns expediently, quickly, and all the criminals are getting released out of jail. Uh, so it's just really interesting. What's your thoughts on that? Are you there? What's your thoughts on that, Robert? Yeah, did I lose you? Sorry, Kelly. I um, I've been I, I took a drink of water because, and you probably folks have heard me doing some coughing in the background. I think um, uh, I I think I got some kind of uh, throat strain or something. Um, I know I had like a, a really I had a, a, a bad cold or upper respiratory respiratory infection a while ago. This was even for the working from home COVID thing. I mean, people have been teasing me at work like. Oh, you better get that checked out. You know, you better get that checked out. Make sure you don't have COVID. You know, but I wasn't having any any other symptoms or anything like that. You know, but I just had a bad cough, <clears throat> and um, and I think that since I haven't given my voice a break in like ten months, uh, then and then you know between work, I, I that's all I do. I talk. I literally talk all day. It's amazing I even have a voice right now. But uh, you know, I literally talk you know nine hours a day. And then, of course, on Wednesdays, I, I talk nine hours, and I spend another three hours on the show. So I probably could spend at least a good 12 hours uh, on Wednesdays talking. <laughs> so I was uh, taking a little, uh, little drink to kind of you know, wet my throat a little bit, and um, and I put myself a mute, so pe- mute, mute, uh, mute, so that people didn't hear me, um, you know, cough, <laughs> drinking my water. So, um, no, we do, uh, but, but go ahead, Kelly. So I, I, I'm sorry I missed that. And your, your question, uh, you're asking, would you see a Skype caller? Uh, I'll get you into the show. Maybe it's, uh, I'm wondering if that's Joe, who I accidentally uh, disconnected on last week because, uh, again, uh, for those who just came in and they're like, why did the show cut out early last week? Uh, it's because uh, I, I stepped away to get my let my daughter into the house and I was rushing back, and then instead of hitting the button that unmute button that turns off, that, that hangs me up. And unfortunately, when the host's uh, number goes and hangs up, well, then so does everyone else. <laughs> so, yes, when the main host uh, hangs up, it, it hangs up everybody. And so that's what happened last week. So we'll see. I've got Joe in the uh, green room in, in, in a minute there. Or maybe I'll just say, Skype caller, come in. And take the risk of it, but maybe it's uh, uh, Joe from last week. Uh, but uh, and Kelly, you were you were you mentioned there in California, and, and again, I I, was, uh, I missed that. So you can could you ask me that again? I'm sorry. Okay, so he couldn't get. Uh, you have to have a background check for ammunition. For, yeah, for the ammunition, it. right? And then um, it came, it printed out, and said, "Oh, rejected. Call this number." He calls the number. Well, the address where you bought mm-hmm. the gun is different from where you're living now. And so he has to go through uh, a bunch yeah, of steps right. to fix that. And, well, he could buy 
ammo in Oregon and bring it across state lines. Oh, that's a felony. So right. it's just really bizarre, the gun grabbers, what they're doing. In this county where I live, Siskiyou County, around the Oregon border, um, probably not going to get prosecuted here. But if he was in, say, San Francisco or Oakland, L.A., oh, my God, you know, if, they, if he just happens to carelessly have some ammo and a receipt sitting on his car, say he lives in uh, L.A. and buys it from uh, Nevada, and uh, he gets stopped for speeding ticket, cop looks down, may we uh, search your vehicle? You say no. May we come in and search your house? No. Get a warrant, Fourth Amendment. Thank you very much. All right, but if if somebody was, I don't know, fearful or intimidated or trying to be polite, then they said, well, yes, you can. So the cop would immediately go, the L.A. cop would look at the 500 pack of uh, 22 rounds, look at the receipt sitting underneath it. Oh, this is from Nevada. You're under arrest. What for? Well, buying ammunition in Nevada. Uh, can't I do that? No, you're under arrest for felony. We're going to read you your rights and take you to jail. And probably in the whole process, they would issue a warrant to go through his entire house. A warrant to go through his whole house and do whatever they can to him. Because you know what they do when they prosecute you. They come, they make up about six, seven, eight charges. and then. Well, I'll tell you what. If you plead guilty to charge one and two, we're going to drop the other five charges. And I know you maybe be a you know a, a month in jail and in probation uh, for three, four, five years. For and the whole thing started how? Somebody who didn't understand California strict gun grabber laws left their ammunition on the passenger seat with a receipt. It's a very real possibility. Probably already happened by now. So I did want to throw something out about Corona. And uh, I woke up Monday morning about 5.30 and eyes wide as saucers looking at the ceiling. Every every year I have, every two years I have to get my engineer registration. And I shouldn't have a problem getting it this year. But uh, it lasts for two years. You're going to pay some money and then you get re-registered. Okay, fine. It's a statewide license. You just go through this process. A little bit of money, sign something, there you go, done. Really relatively easy and painless. Well, um, what happens in four years? Are they going to only renew my engineer registration if I have a certificate from a doctor or a chip in my arm, paperwork that I have been vaccinated? You know, when you're kind of snoozing a little bit, I had this thought just quick shot through my, across my mind because I won't take the vaccines. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. No, I won't either. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. They could yank my livelihood. Well, sorry, sir. Uh, we won't renew your license because you don't have your uh, Gestapo vaccinated papers. And then I, I had to get up and I had to go for a walk. And I'm like, this is serious. You know, the sun's coming up. And I'm kind of a late-nighter myself, but I'm like, I just couldn't sleep. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I had to call a friend from Florida who understands. Three hours ahead of us, so okay, thirty. But uh, but I had this big overriding thought, you know, with vaccines and chips. Okay. Uh, by the way, 
chip in the back seeing two bits. <laughs> I know that's so stupid, but it's just, again, making humor to try to set my own sanity. All right, so, but I wrote this down. I wrote a bunch of things down. But, uh, and I, I think this corona is over-exaggerated. Yes, it's real, but it's over-exaggerated. All right, you know, Georgia opened up. I think South Dakota never clo- never closed. They had some guidelines, but they didn't really close, and they're doing just fine. Um, my brother's a doctor out there. Anyway, Georgia opened up early, and their corona dropped 12%. Uh, 12%. Texas is having mixed results. But anyway, but well, this is weird. When you look at all the uh, people can read this online. Regular flu, avian flu, this type of flu, that, all sorts of things. Corona is way down there. It's just like a seasonal flu. But they've exaggerated it to test the system and the lawsuits and all the everything. Anyway, uh, Wisconsin opened up by lawsuit. State Supreme Court says, you're opening up. This is ridiculous. And, you know, the people on the on the uh, left are, oh, we got to stay closed. we got to stay closed down and... And uh, these reporters were uh, the press secretary, the blonde, really gracious. I was watching a clip. It's hilarious. They're they're like, well, don't you think it's too early to open up? Here's our guidelines. Let them people do what they want. Well, don't you think of it? And it's like, and what about churches? They kept going on about churches, trying to keep churches shut down. And this press secretary said, she said, I just find it so interesting. All these people are just so opposing church is reopening what's i don't i don't get this she was very gracious about it but i thought the whole thing's ironic you know who's protect what two there's two groups uh really three citizens but really two main groups religious uh, on the first amendment protection which would be oh the press in your press or in your press building ap washington dc k street are there a bunch of people in cubicles and having big conferences in the conference room? Who else? Let's see, sure, ch- uh, churches are protected by the First Amendment, but who also is? The media. You're being protected by the First Amendment, and you're not going to honor churches being protected by the First Amendment? What the heck? It's all whacked out. Anyway, so, but this whole vaccine thing and all the exaggeration, <clears throat> pushing us and control and edicts that are probably unconstitutional all over the place. I wrote this down that morning. I said, if they, meaning the powers that be, if they got this plan, Bill Gates, World Health Organization, if they did not believe they could accomplish it, they would not be doing this. As in the lockdowns, as in the forced vaccinations, etc. Well, how are they going to get it to 10, 20, 50% vaccinated, the other 50 is not? How are they going to get it there? They have to have plans. I'm going to read this again. If they did not believe they could accomplish it, they would not be doing this. So I started thinking about, well, who who are some of the first people going to get the vaccine and the chip? <clears throat> Social Security. You want your Social Security check? And it won't, probably won't happen under Trump, but the, the next, you know, he, he's only another, here for another four years. But, hey. Show us your uh, doctors, you know, in the chip, and then you'll get your Social Security again. Otherwise, we're not giving you your Social Security check. Medicare, no prescriptions, no VA benefits. 
Um, this is kind of federal level, possibly no bank account because banks are a federal instrumentality, if you will. The big banks are pro-vaccine. Okay, we go to state level. No driver's license. Show us your papers. Look at the professionals. Doctors, lawyers, nurses, dentists, accountants, engineers, surveyors, contractors who build and fix things, maintain things. Haircut, cosmetology, veterinarians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, how about in some cities in Southern Cal where they were threatening uh, people running their business? They were going to turn off the power. They're going to turn off the water. They can do another thing. California Building Code, which falls actually under the Health and Safety Code, or intermixed with, if there's a health, if there's a health and safety violation, they can walk into a business and grab the occupancy permit. You've completed everything. Here's your occupancy permit. The statutes, the building codes require you to post that occupancy permit in, a, in an open place where people, the public, can see it. Oh my gosh, you know, you're not vaccinated. You're, you're not doing, oh, you know, you don't have your paperwork. Sorry, you're a hazard to the health of the public, and therefore we're going to come in, and I've, I've studied the administrative code. They can just walk in and say, you know, we warned you, you won't comply, we're going to yank your occupancy permit. And we red tag your building, and if you go in there again, we are going to arrest you. They have ways of accomplishing what they're doing. All right, so then we go to corporate charters. But the state giveth, the state can giveth, uh, taketh away. How about a corporate charter? Let's see, Walmart. Uh, you will have uh, all your employees vaccinated, or we're going to yank your corporate charter. Hospitals. That's an easy intro. Looking for intros, how are they going to force the vaccination? If they did not believe they could accomplish it, they would not be doing this. All right. Uh, pharmacies, all employees, hospitals, all your employees. Or we're taking your corporate charter. And we're taking your occupancy permit. McDonald's, now, fast that, food thing. Is, is that only in California or is that, um, you know, like throughout the country? And I do have Joe on the line, and we are going to get Joe in a little bit um, because um, we did uh, get disconnected accidentally, Joe, <laughs> from last week. Uh, but, but real quick, I mean, is that everywhere? Or is that just something that's in California? Well, here's what's frightening about the – it depends state by state if they revise it or not. What – with the corporate charter, I'm not a corporate attorney. I'm not so sure how it works, okay? But I'm sure the state has some type of controls on corporations, pretty heavily controlled, actually. But I'm, I can't answer specifically. But the, in the administrative code, which is adopted from the international administrative code, so what happens is you're building codes, individual states. It's a thing called the model code. It's a model code. International Building Code is a model code. The state can take it. They can um, all these, you know, it's, oh, gosh, a couple of volumes. Well, then you got the plumbing code, the electrical code, mechanical code, da-da-da-da-da, okay. So the states have taken the model code, and then they adopt by adding to it or subtracting from it, and then they call it their, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee Building Code. Pretty much all 50 states have this, even Idaho now. And then you have the administrative code. Well, how do we administer per permits? How do we do inspections? How do we do this? How much time you have? Like, what? I think it's six months to build your house, really. Well, you can apply for an extension. But anyway, the county supervisors have to um, the county supervisors have to approve the administrative code. It's interesting because you can they can administrate with the leeway leeway 
the cities um, vote to adopt the administrative code because how as we as a building department or uh, as a building department how do we administer this code okay so when there's health and safety hazards uh, from the administration and, and, and most states have done this in most cities and counties so what I'm saying it could get to the point where you can't run your business because we just pulled your building permit off the wall. You're red tagged. It's over. Frightening. So you put all this together, all these professions that could not get their licenses renewed, possibly corporate charge. Oh, by the way, your, your IRS refund checks. I just started writing these down. No gun purchase. You're not COVID compliant. You're not getting a gun. Um. And the most scary thing, mom Which and has absolutely done. nothing to do with getting a gun, but. Right. So, the, yeah. So then uh, the worst thing that could happen and why this country could give total control to the left and, and the globalist, elitist, Bilderbergers, deep state, is that they go back to voting at the polls and you can't vote unless you've been chipped. Then only their people will get in. And we've lost our country. It's only a potential, only a possibility. By the way, Trump is opposing vote by mail big time, which is great. And oh, yeah. the, Republic, and then, the Republicans in California have sued uh, Gavin Newsom for forcing right. uh, vote by mail. But you could see, again, I know this sounds a little far-fetched, a little odd, but again, if they did not believe they could accomplish it, they would not be doing this. Oh, no. Agree. Let's get uh... – yeah, and we, we we only got about a minute and a half of the the regular time, so so please don't let your lose your calls, including mine, especially mine, apparently. Uh, so I'm just going to stay off my button so that I don't accidentally push that. So because uh, I don't want to do uh, again to Joe what I did last week. And speaking of Joe, it's gone enough to give us a call back. So thank you very much, Joe, for coming to the show. And, and you're right, Kelly. That uh, I, I do think they that that's what they want. I mean, I, exactly. I think you know. The, and that's why I want that it was to scare so many people with COVID is to try to get people to you know, get get these uh, vaccines, which I won't. I, I'm not going to do it, you know. And but who knows what they'll try to do with saying, oh, if you don't get this vaccine, you're not going to be able to go to work or something. But anyway, go ahead, Joe. Thank you for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm all right. I want to I want to mention that I now believe in two conspiracy theories. The first one in which Kelly, which I hate to admit was describing very well what could happen and how we could all be forced to take the vaccine which would probably be a chip in us. And the second conspiracy theory is um, the fact that you only hung up on me last week and you left everybody <laughs> else uh, mic on so that you could talk to them and you just <laughs> clicked me off because Joseph and Joe, you know, you didn't want two Joes on the, um, on the line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, like I said, I'm agreeing with, and, you know, and don't hold this up against me, I'm agreeing with everything Kelly's been saying for the last two minutes with regards to how they, and I believe that they are the Rothschilds, the uh, Rockefellers, etc., are controlling us. And they would not be doing something like this um, unless they had a way to really try to ensure that it would actually come to um, come to their end the way they wanted to. I believe at the beginning that this may be a test 
but by a test by whom? If it was done by the Democrats taking advantage of the situation, I thought we were, America would be really in trouble because the Democrats would want to shut off the elections. If it's done by the Rothschilds, either uh, manipulating this coronavirus to be um, the way that it is and to have it released either in China or um, inside the United States or around the world, then I'm thinking, and this is going to sound like a paradox, but very ironic, that it would be better if it was controlled by them, them, the Rothschilds at this time. And the reason why I say that is because um, they would want to test out their particular theories of how to depopulate the planet, how to control the world. So this could be a test. And if, for example, um, Cuomo from <laughs> New York State and a few of the other states, if they continue to extend their particular lockdowns, then I'm thinking we are headed to the type of um, situation that Kelly is describing. But people won't realize that because it's, it's being done in such an incremental way, and the liberals keep thinking that the government is there to protect us, that we will have opposition uh, between the liberals and the conservatives and libertarians and the anarchists, etc., for a long time to come. But Kelly's right. Um, is, um, is Joseph around? Because if he is, is, I want to say that what he said last week, while I have it on my mind, was very poignant, where he said, you cannot cure kindness. I mean, you cannot cure evil by kindness. You have to fight fire with fire. In, in other words, I'm not like Marianne Williamson, who love will solve all problems and heal the world. Well, love if we get there, is already the solution that's already been, um, that's already been put into existence. It's not um, um, a remedy. You cannot love the person who's stabbing you because he'll stab you more and more. But if you have a knife and a gun and stab back, then that person's going to have second thoughts about trying to stab you the second time or third time. So what we need is power in order to combat evil. And evil is here. And I do believe in Rothschilds, um, Warburgs, Rockefellers, etc., controlling the world. And I think Kelly and everybody else might agree with the fact that if you have a country that has a central bank, that country, regardless of whether there's a Putin or a regime in charge, that, that central bank controls at least the economy of that country and may even the country itself. So we're going to have to prepare ourselves. I've already um, gotten storable food in case this uh, lockdown continues and if it does let up, where the economy will be back to so-called normal, which is actually the new normal, um, there will be in the future a full-blown um, bubonic plague. And in the meantime, there could be very much a, a lot of control over us because of the threat. You cannot get your license. You cannot enter the building. You cannot go to school. You can't even marry unless you have the, the vaccination. And I know people are saying, I'm not going to get vaccinated. Guess what, people? 
you will get vaccinated because you're still thinking that there's going to be a semblance of some sort of order and government that has people in the government that's going to fight for you. When it comes down to that point where they're saying the vaccine is ready and you can't enter a building, you can't get your license, forget it. They will shut down meat plants. We will be starved. They will, they will threaten, not in a direct way, right? They will say, look what's happening over in, um, in Idaho. Look at those plants being closed down. You've got to do something. And um, people are going to abide by their particular um, dictates. And as long as people abide by the dictates, they'll hang out another cabinet and say, oh, the plants are being reopened again. But you know, maybe time. McDonald's, maybe McDonald's or Burger King had something. Maybe they're on, maybe they're on the cusp of of the future when they start coming out with those vegetable burgers. Go ahead, Joe. Well, the yeah. Have you heard about the Soylent Green that was introduced a couple of years ago? I'm talking about seriously Soylent Green. No. All right. Well, it came out a couple of years ago. It didn't last too long, but they they had people who were recommending that if you ate this and ate human flesh. In the burger, that would give you a lot of nutrition. But I only want to wrap this up in the next two minutes or so. Is that if it's here, it's a test, or I'm hoping it's a test. But if it's not a test, people, you will have to take the vaccine. I'm sorry. And if you say, well, they're going to have to drag me away, they're going to drag your ass away. And in order to prevent you from being dragged away, just so that your family can remain intact, you will take the vaccine. I will take it, too. I'm not going to enjoy being thrown in prison where there's a lot of vomit and shit and COVID um, cellmates roaming around. Because they got the guns, they got the power, and we have illegal immigrants and liberals who will support them. Let's not forget this. In New York State... Cuomo already has, or is it de Blasio? Eh, I forget which one of those assholes. They already have 2,700 tracers signed up to make sure that everybody is being tracked. And it will be expanded. They didn't say it will, but it will be. Because people will be out of work and they'll need jobs. And the government Mm. will offer jobs. So, I'm finished. Sorry I didn't take as long as Kelly, but, you know, eh. Well, I'm really glad somebody else, you know, if, if you think it through, it's a potential. It's a serious potential. You know, like, for example, when uh, Nazi Germany got, well, it was, it was called the Weimar Republic in 1924. Hitler hadn't come into power until the early 30s. They got, rid of, they got rid of trial by jury in 1924. Within 20 years, 20 million people were murdered. So, same with Russia. So certain things happen, you can actually, you know, historically look at when the stop gaps, the safeguards, um, the mechanisms of accountability are removed, we see historically what evil men will do. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Kelly. And um, if you want to take a look at the history of how this may happen, Take a look at the history of Germany, and you can also take a look at the history of how Stalin starved his people. He starved about, the estimates were between 20 to 40 million. 
So people say it can't happen here. Come on. We've got illegals who don't give a rat's ass about American culture. All they care about is just making their particular money and voting for people who are going to give them freebies. They will be dissatisfied when they're not getting their particular checks from the government. They're going to be dissatisfied when uh, conservatives and the rest are going to be telling them you don't belong here. And then they're going to have special laws, which will, just like they do in Germany and France, that allow them to commit felons and get away with it. They don't even have to get arrested. There are videos of in England where they have these asylum camps. And the disgruntled, the one disgruntled asylum um, person attacked a police car. Police didn't attack back. Okay? Evil is well planned. Goodness allows people to be who they are. So evil has an advantage. And unless good people organize, forget it. We are not. We do not have the government that we. Well, for one thing, we haven't had the government that people thought we've had for a long time. There's been so much corruption going on in the um, in Congress for the last 50 years. Um, you can take a look on the net. The uh, the Democrats will gladly outline the sexual um, malfeasance, <laughs> misbehaviors of the Republicans, and the Republicans will do uh, likewise. And if you take a look, I think I read some years ago, that if you take a look at the number of felons that they've had in Congress who have been convicted, okay, not, a, not just indicted, but on a per capita basis for the 100 senators, for example, um, the, if you take a look at that stat, it's like within the first 10 worst counties or cities of the United States for a crime rate. We have elected corrupt criminals in our Congress, and we're getting what we've sowed. Back to you. Can I uh, throw something out, Robert? No, go ahead, go ahead, Kelly. All right, so somebody did a study, and I found this when I was working on my book, The Hidden Fourth Branch, about the grand jury, a corrupt government's worst nightmare. The grand jury is... You know, you, you have the uh, congressional inquiry, but you also have uh, grand jury, and that's the way it was set up, to hold government accountable as well as prevent overzealous prosecution. But, um, and things were different, 1700s, 1800s, some things happened in the 30s, 1930s. But historically, historically, every session of Congress, one congressman per session on average has been indicted by a federal grand jury. And so that's a fascinating thing. And then you look at other trends, gun confiscation, um, et cetera, the history of that. Well, Stalin didn't take the guns until he could, and then he did. Hitler didn't take the guns until he could, and then he did. Mao didn't take the guns until he could, and then he did. Castro didn't take the guns until he could, and then he did. Pol Pot didn't take the guns until he could. And then he did. The uh, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms, you can see it's called the Mother of All Stats. Um, they have accumulated this, this, this trend, and they go in-depth about the gun confiscation law, give it a few years, 
They don't confiscate right away, and then they confiscate. But the death toll from democide, democide is when a government kills its people, is over 60 million people worldwide, and it's a consistent trend. And so I, I know people personally, they're moving to Idaho or Montana. They're like, I want to escape California. I'm done. If yeah, I could, I would, but I have yeah, if I could, I would, but I have a, a son here. And um, speaking of democide, uh, Kelly, democide is the number one killer of the entire world. Yeah, and I mean that's that's that was in the 20th century, and you were talking about uh, you know refugee camps in England, and and I don't get the left thinking because for well over a thousand years we're talking Muhammad's first raid was what six. 67 or 680 AD, and then, and he did dozens of raids, rape, plunder, murder, um, and then the, the whole religion grew, and then well over a thousand years, mm-hmm. the radical Muslims rape women. Okay, but the Democrats will, oh, let's just let them in. Well, let's focus on uh, the sexual crimes of the Republicans. Anyway, you're letting these people who rape women into our country. Do the liberals think that these radical Muslims that do rape, will rape, have raped, once they cross into the U.S. border, all of a sudden, they're going to magically change? Well, I'm <laughs> I, glad, I don't get that. Hmm. I'm glad you brought that up, Kelly, because let's not take a look at the, the history of the radical Muslims, if it's, if it's that radical. But there's a video out by a Muslim woman who has been protesting and illuminating to the world um, about how the Muslims today, okay, are a radical. And she breaks it down by certain categories. There's something like, ooh, 8 to 10% of all the Muslims in the world are radical, which doesn't seem like much. But she continues on. But with the 8 to 10%, those are the people who will be willing to put on bombs and blow themselves up for the name of, uh, of Allah. Then there's another category of not radical Muslims, but somewhat moderate Muslims who believe in the cause of the radical Muslims and will support them in nonviolent ways. Now, that's about 15%, let's say. And then there's another circle, another category. In the video, I forget the name of the video, but it's a good one, where another 10 to 15% of Muslims um, will support the moderates, the radicals, and are, um, I believe they're in, uh, this category is like infiltrating the culture of, um, of other countries or so. All totaled up like 320 million out of the billion or two billion or three billion Muslims in the world that either will blow themselves up, blow us up, or will support those who blow us up and will protect them and will try to infiltrate the cultures of other uh, nations in order to spread their Islamic culture today. So this isn't just a thousand-year war. This is going on today. Back to you guys. Kelly, did you want to add, add into that? Or I'll just uh, chime in. Uh, there's, a, there's a story out of, I believe, out of Texas where 
a woman Navy uh, was at a military base, and uh, an Assyrian refugee came and shot her, but she had body armor on, and she got knocked to the ground, and then she hit the emergency let no one in gate, the second backup gate, whatever, and so this Assyrian refugee, obviously, Muslim, um, this, this, this guard got up and just put bullets all over into the van or the vehicle and killed her, or him, killed him, the radical from Assyria, refugee. I'll, I'll find the story and dig it up. But I was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, and there's another thing, too, about the, the refugees. I do not blame them for being pissed off and angry and um, very aggressive and dangerous. You know why? Because they are the refugees. Now, let's take a look at them. They're the ones I'm just talking about now. They're the ones whose neighbors have died, neighborhoods have been destroyed by NATO, led by the United States. So naturally, they're going to hate the United States, Germany, France, and Britain, all four of us in particular. So what happens when they're refugees? They're forced, um, according, um, because of us conforming to the UN, of taking them out of their countries and putting them in the countries that bomb them. And, you, and they don't expect retaliation from these people? Are you stupid? That's more than stupidity. That is planned extermination. Ron Paul called it blowback. Well, it is blowback. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, as a nation, we've made more enemies than we can kill. I mean, and I don't mean to say that in a mess in a way. It's a common sense kind of duh. Um, you know, if we stop a lot of our foreign interactions that we shouldn't even be in these countries unless we have a treaty, if we stop this just right now, for example, how many years or decades is it going to take for that desire for retaliation to subside? Many. You're right. Because... We've stuck, not we, okay? Uh, that's, too, that's too patriotic of me. Because I'm, I'm an American, but I'm not a member of the damn Pentagon. I'm going to say they, the Pentagon, with collaboration with all the former administrations, Repub, uh, Republican and Democrat, have invaded other countries, have stuck their nose under the tent at the very least in other countries, have interfered with the politics and cultures of other countries, so why shouldn't they be angry at the United States? I don't like the fact that China has, you know what, some ownership of our water rights. I don't like the fact that China owns a certain percentage if I'm, uh, of the New York Stock Exchange and tried a couple of years ago to buy out the entire Chicago Board of Exchange. I don't like the fact that any um, any other nation, I don't care how friendly they're supposed to be, has any type of toehold in the United States whatsoever. America should be for Americans. France should be for French. Canada should be for Canadians. And everybody should maintain this sovereignty and then trade with each other on a voluntary basis. 
but not give up their particular land, sovereignty, rights, etc., to other nations. Because when you do that, you're allowing your other nations to come in on a creep, 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 incremental basis to eventually control your nation. Yeah. Well, have you seen the movie Princess Bride? No. Oh, no, no, no. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, well, there's a famous line of the Spanish swordsman. He says, hello. Oh, somebody killed his dad when he was a kid, and he did sword fighting. This is his uh, brother. Practice all his life. Yeah, so, well, his... Yeah, I was, think it was his, his brother, was his but anyway. <laughs> no, it was it was his dad who got killed. He goes, he says his famous oh, okay. line. It's always a cute, funny movie. Uh, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Play player to die. In a nice Spanish voice. It's just so killer cool. But you can imagine kids getting killed. A, 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 a five, six, eight, twelve-year-old boy whose father got killed by, you know, Great Britain or Canada or U.S. or whatever, some military involvement we shouldn't have been in, they're going to have revenge. They're going to want to learn everything jihad so they can they can get their revenge. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in World War II, there was men, as soon as they found out their brother died by the Germans, they signed up or what have you, and they're like, I want to kill as many Germans as I can because they killed my brother. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And there was still vengeance from World War One. Uh, the British were quite cruel with the Germans. Um, there was just a lot of revenge uh, passed down from World War One into World War II. Uh, it's 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 mind blowing. We don't think about these factors. Do we think we're so super strong? Well, if our economy goes down in the toilet. We're not so strong anymore because you got to power the war machine. And by the way, I noticed that the U.S. Treasuries are not being bought as much from other countries. It's been a short drop lately. And if I was an enemy of the United States, I would dump treasury bonds. I would buy for decades and decades, and then I would dump them. Because in doing so, because the federal government has to borrow, 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 overspend, um, you buy a new treasury bond at full price. But what if you could buy from the Chinese at, say, 10% off what they already hold? That means people aren't buying direct, which means our overinflated government is not getting funded. Our military is not getting funded. So if Russia, China, and a few other countries wanted to, like, say, some Middle Eastern countries that, with their oil money, bought Tono, uh, treasury bonds, if they all decide one day, you know what, we're just going to dump our treasury bonds, then people can't buy at the counter of the treasury. Um, I don't know how the exact terms here, but it's like, the, the, why why would I buy a U.S. treasury bond from the counter at 100% of cost when I can buy it at 10%? <laughs> it's yeah. a vulnerability that I have do our politicians get this? Well, that's what I was saying a few weeks ago on another show with the Chinese owning a trillion dollars of the bonds. They started to dump. Um, that would start an economic collapse. Um, and how well, you say the government um, doesn't have the money or something about funding. Well, it does because the Federal Reserve will always fund. The Federal Reserve makes the money because 
Right now, they have over $6 trillion on the balance sheet, which means that they will buy the bonds, and then they will pay themselves the principal and the interest. That's how, <laughs> that's how the Fed makes money, and that's why back in 1913, Senator, forget his name now, was against it because the Treasury should be printing up money and then distributing the money where it, where it should go as opposed to having a debt currency. But that's another story, you know, that's another story for another time. But, yes, they're stupid, but that the stupidity... Right, right. what happens when, when other nations aren't buying Treasury bonds, then what can happen here? Is the Federal Reserve, sure, the Federal Reserve will print money. Sure, sure, how much more do you need? Do you mean more, 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 more? Inflation, mega inflation. Every time there's been uh, hyperinflation, Chuck Missler did a study on this, um, but <clears throat> every time there's been hyperinflation in a government, there's always a regime change. <clears throat> there's always a change of the government. And so that is so hostile. Thomas Jefferson said... <clears throat> Thomas Jefferson wrote, a greater threat to a standing army on American soil is banks printing the currency of a nation. Was it Jefferson or Franklin? Jefferson said that. Jefferson? Other founding fathers said a number of quotes like that, too, and they knew it because they just went through it. What they did was they, um, they decided, oh, you know, let's print our own money. It's, it was called the Continental. You ever heard the phrase, worthless as a Continental? People were investing in the Revolutionary War, and because of inflation that came about because of it, they couldn't, they just lost everything. And um, Jeff Washington said a wagon load of money barely provides a wagon load of provisions. That's how poorly uh, inflation occurred. One of the tricks we did, and I met a, a B 26 Marauder pilot. And I never knew this, but he told me. World War II, we, we printed up counterfeit Reichsmarks. We dropped them all, all over Europe. And it was just bags of money, like duffel bags of money, going over small towns all over different... And, um, and that crippled the German economy because of massive inflation. Pound per pound... It had a greater effect on the war than bombs did. So that that is another. Just just if the feds, if if other countries are not buying treasury bonds, Federal Reserve prints money out of thin air. We could have massive hyperinflation, and we could lose our country. Why aren't our congressmen aware of this? Well, I remember when Ron Paul was in uh, was in Congress, and he then became um, the senior. A member of the um, one of the committees, I forget the exact name of it, but it was an economics uh, committee, and he had somebody else who was a, a Democrat who became a member of the committee, and he told the story how she she came up to him and she asked him, um, Ron, are we um, uh, are we still on the gold standard? <laughs> and she's a, and she's a member of this. Oh, yeah, well, I forgot the exact name. It's the Finance Committee. So, yeah, there are people who are stupid, but there are also people who will be bought out because they can, they want, um, you know, the millions of dollars that can be transferred to the bank accounts of off, offshore. Reportedly, 
um, Pelosi's worth $200 million. How does she get to be worth $200 million? All she's doing is looking like she, her, her flesh is melting. So I don't know how she's getting, how her assets are worth $200 million, I think, just by herself. Her husband is rich in some way. You know, I'm sure it's done um, the way that, that, um, that the Biden family fortunes are being built. They have family members who engage in foreign entanglements, who then bring the money back home, but don't, um, but don't say that their father is part of the business. So the father, like Biden, or the mother, like Pelosi, they're not officially part of the family business, but that family business wouldn't be bringing home the billions of ducats unless it was for the relationship that they had with Pelosi and Biden at all. So all this corruption, all it's, it's present, it's here, it's now. Ah, but then again, since it's happening incrementally and since they're doing it in a way to present medical tyranny, oh, we have to wear masks and social distancing, the worst oxymoron I've ever heard in my life. And we're doing it because of Self-preservation. We're doing it to save ourselves, but there will be snitches. Did you guys see the video of the woman who was in the um, the grocery store? She didn't have a mask. They chased her out. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I tell you what, I have been to the grocery store at least once a week since this COVID thing has started, uh-huh. and I hope they don't hunt me down. But I I haven't worn. <laughs> I haven't worn a mask yet going to a grocery store. When I go, about half the people do, and about half the people don't when I go. Now, I mean, I live in Ohio, so, I mean, it's not as big of a thing as, like, you know, New York, right? Right. But, I mean, in this whole COVID thing, the whole thing, I've worn a mask twice this entire time. One, Mm. when I had to take my daughter to the doctor's, then I had to wear one at the hospital. And one when I just I got my just got my hair cut, and I went to the salon. Actually, I still have the the mask in my car. <laughs> I took yeah. it I took it off as, as soon as I left. I put it in the back seat of my car, and yeah. it's still sitting back there. <laughs> so yeah. go ahead, Joe. Well, I wear it to when I when I go into a store. I don't wear it out in the street, um, but I don't want to freak people out. And there are a couple of people, especially the younger people, um, <laughs> they, they, they want to avoid people beyond the age of 50 like it's the plague. And they will walk around you. They will make sure they're eight feet away from you. So I wear the mask not to freak people out. But the science is here. Even in places like New York and Los Angeles and California and the rest uh, in Pennsylvania, the um, the numbers are down enough where we can lift this, uh, this lockdown today, but they want to keep us under their control. Back to you. Well, and, and for me, with the, the the whole mask, I mean, that's kind of you know, and, and not just like him talking. Anyway, it's for for me again. I'm I'm just not that concerned about it to be honest. Um, and 
for me, the, a mask, unless they make you wear it. I mean, I get it. I get it for the the, the hospital. I get, yeah, I guess I get it for the hospital. I, I even get it for the uh, the you know the getting my hair cut. Because I mean, when they're cutting your hair, I mean, their face is like right in your face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get I get something like that. But like going to a grocery store where the at the counter they got the plastic like in front of you. Right. You know, I'm going to be walking past people. They're going to stay at their six feet distance. <laughs> so being at a store or something, I just don't see the, uh, I just don't see the purpose in that. Well, that's because you believe that the science dictates that this that this virus isn't as deadly or contagious as the CDC um, says that it is, even though the, their own stats indicates that it's not as dangerous as they say that it is, and the CDC. Um, they keep giving us, you know, mixed messages. It's um, it's it's not uh, it's not bad, but wear the mask. And but it's dangerous, so take the mask off. <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, uh, that's another thing. I was talking to a a, a a brother-in-law, my my wife's husband. They used to actually like vote Democrat like every year, but, uh-huh. I, but since 2016, they they haven't. And I mean, t- I mean, talk to him. We used to have debates uh, with him and my sister, and, you know, just talking to them after, you know, the COVID, even before, I mean, you would think these talking to them now, they'd be lifelong. <laughs> they were lifelong Republicans. They're not. Mm-hmm. They voted Democrat most of their life. And But, but now I think, and I think that's going to, I think the Democrats are going to be surprised because I think that what they've done just these past three years, like especially these last couple months, you know, and I think they've really shown their their true colors, and they've got a lot of Democrats who are like, man, who are these nuts? Who are these crazy people? I mean, really, I mean, they're what is what's going on with them? I mean, they hate Trump so much that they're willing to destroy the country to try to get rid of him. Well, those are the yeah, well, those are the American Dems. If you take a look at the immigrant uh, Dems, they don't care, and as a result of this particular test, which I'm hoping that it is. They found out that um, you might be able to um, control the election and the outcome, <clears throat> excuse me, of it by the mail-in ballot. If you have the absentee ballot and the mail-in ballot, then you can control the election. And Kelly would be interested in this because he seems to me like an historian. Stalin once said, "It doesn't matter how many people vote; it only matters who counts the votes." Mm-hmm. So if they have the mail-in ballots. How are you going to to, um, to monitor the authenticity and the effectiveness of the counting? You can't, and that by that, they're um, they can they can actually win over Trump. They can put up Edward, uh, you know, what me worry Edward uh, Edward P. Newman, and he would win. They already got another version of the dummy up there in Biden. Biden says he's going to defeat Joe Biden. Good going, Joe. <laughs> I wish I haven't seen that yet, but by golly, I wish I would. Oh, oh, I wish I'd see that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have seen it. There, yeah, there's, I mean, there's another one of us. But then again, the libertarians, not the libertarians, the libtards, they're saying, nah, he just stammers and stutters, and sometimes, yeah, you know, maybe the stress. But anytime um, Trump says anything, ah, well, you know that's 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 the word of death. 
Ah, Trump, Trump evil, Biden great. And you know, if you <laughs> if you've ever heard a montage of the gaffes of, of Biden, you, you really have to know he is really mentally disabled. He is really in the throes of dementia. So that's the perfect opening for somebody like Cuomo or uh, or even maybe Whitmer. Uh, and the favorite was Michelle Obama. But I'm still thinking the dark horse is Hillary to come in and save the day for the Democrats. I have a little correction to make about my... You know, oh, you can't vote at the polls uh, unless you're... Uh, you got the chip. Now, something else, it, well, voting is a pretty darn solid right, period. Um, we won't let you vote at the polls, but you can vote by mail. And how many hands touch a ballot, as in from when you start with the voter registration database to send to a vendor who prints the mail and votes, sticks them in an envelope, and then they go through the post office or eyes in your door? All the way back to the election office. How many hands such a ballot? And why? And, and you notice notice how the Dems are so obsessed, absolutely obsessed with vote by mail. Sure. You notice that? Yeah. But it sounds like a, a really convincing argument. It sure does, doesn't it? Very convincing argument. Um, oh, we just want to keep people safe. That's why we do vote by mail. Yeah. Sure. They're appealing to the self-preservation instinct of people as opposed to when people believe that if tyranny was going to arrive um, by having a flag wrapped around it, that somehow there would be loudspeakers in the street telling people, this is martial law, get off the streets, and therefore perhaps incite some sort of dis- um, civil disobedience. But no, when you have this martial law imposed by medical tyranny, the people themselves will impose it. They've had snitches already. They, there's a database of 900 snitches that became leaked online, and those 900 snitches, they're worried about their safety. I hope each and every one of them who reported that my neighbor is out there in the front yard without a mask, I hope each and every one of them get what they deserve. Wow. Well, you know, another, well, one of the reasons why they don't like Trump is, oh, well, the Russians colluded and the Russians uh, got Trump elected and Hillary should have won. Well, there's progress getting made on that, by the way. There's progress that when this gets blown up, that it was completely made up. And Trump's has to do this before the election. That's the obvious. But uh, even now, um, Devin Nunes is, is referring um, people and the situation over to the Justice Department about the Russian collusion and Mueller and da-da-da. So that's going to be real interesting. Well, you know what? He's already, as far as I'm concerned, he's already been vindicated. Because when I heard um, the tape I, and I downloaded it by Tucker Carlson with regards to the ship transcripts, 
that already proves. That, to me, is the smoking gun. That's the document that says, I confess to the crime. When Schiff conducted his secret meetings in the basement, and um, everybody was under oath not to reveal what was going on, and now that the transcripts have been declassified and released, what do they indicate? They show that Susan Rice is the other Susan um, Biden, um, Comey, Clapper, Brennan, etc. When they were in um, the meeting with Obama, they said they had no evidence. They, all of them said they had no evidence that there was any type of collusion or um, connection between uh, Trump and the Russians. But publicly, each and every one of them gets on CNN and says there's ample evidence to show that he is a Russian asset, Russian agent, and yada, yada, yada. So these people lied on ear to the American public, and it's revealed in the classified documents how they had no evidence. That is um, evidence right there of collusion by them, not by, uh, not by Trump. And I don't know if, if by lying on air what kind of crime they committed, but for anybody, even a liberal, to see the contradiction that has, that has occurred as a result of that particular testimony um, revealed in the, uh, well, not testimony, but the transcripts revealing their particular statements behind closed doors versus what they've said publicly, you know there was a, um, a collusion to get rid of Trump. It was, in fact, a soft coup. And anybody who denies it, to me, is a fucking moron. And a good thing we are in Bart's Logic After Dark. <laughs> yeah. By the oh, way, here sorry is, about the uh, family. Um, yeah, the family show. <laughs> yeah. The family show. Yeah. Whoops. All right. So here, here is the newness. We'll be making criminal referrals on Miller's team. Okay. Devin Nunes from uh, Southern California, a key player in the biggest investigations of the origins of the Trump-Russia probe, says criminal referrals are coming against members of Robert Mueller's special counsel team. We've also expanded our investigation of the Mueller team and everything that happened with Mueller and the people at DOJ and FBI that were above Mueller. And so we will be making criminal referrals in the coming weeks against the Mueller team, the team. We just kind of put that together, and of course, as always, waiting on more documents that we really need to come out, quote-unquote. Notice also said more people are coming forward with information about what Trump allies view to have been a plot to undermine the president. Blah, president. Jeez. Um, okay. Oh, interesting. Nunes said Mueller knew. Mueller knew. The day he became special counsel in May of 2017, that there was no coordination between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin that they kept going, kept going. John Durham's looking at things as well in this whole situation, and that's about it. I'm going to find the other article about the recent uh, military guard who stopped. I mean, this woman's a hero, man. I got, I got to find it. Um, it'll take a little bit. Back uh, back to you, Robert. And I do see we got about 10 minutes before I have to close things out. Um, and so. Well, let me go now then because I have some research I got to do. And um, sure. I stopped it in order to come on to come on to the show. 
Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. I just I just wanted to do it, and you know, before you cut me off again, that's all. That's you know how it is, Bob. I I, I understand. I I really do. It's you know disconnect time, and you know it's like last week. I know. Uh, I just I know you just checked us. Just busted my chops. <laughs> I, I say Bob getting his sandwich all of a sudden. Hey, what did I say? <laughs> I, know. I know. I was saying. I was like, man, I, I need. The, I, I said he calls it on Skype, and so I can't. Uh, I can't call him or text him or yeah, anything. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hang up on you because I know. I mean, because it did. It hung up right after it said. Oh, I think he's getting a sandwich, and I was trying to hurry up and push the button, and say, "No, I'm here." Right. And then click. I hit the wrong button. Yeah. <laughs> well, that look, that happens all the time. Um, you know what BTR should really um, um, initiate is when people call into a show. They should, when they press one, it should also sound an alarm, because a lot of times on uh, in a lot of shows. The the hosts don't see the one, so they should have that alarm set. But again, they should also have it controlled so that the idiots who keep on pressing one or two won't do it in order to aggravate the host too. You know, you can you know the the host should have the option of um, allowing the horn to be heard. But I would like that um, because you you allow people to come on pretty quickly, but there are a lot of hosts who don't look at the switchboard. And you can hang on for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Well, I don't. I hang on for five minutes, realize the person's not going to look at the switchboard, then I leave. Um, mm-hmm. But um, that would be that would be nice. That would be more more people, I think, would be calling in to shows and maybe help, uh, help out Blog Talk. Because Blog Talk, uh, you know, you only discover a show by accident. It's not like Facebook or YouTube where it's well-known throughout throughout the world um, by billions of people. So I just thought I'd throw that out there because that's something I would do if I bought. I was thinking, well, I I don't have the money to buy Block Talk, but if I had the money, I would have. And I would have made some changes, and I would have made this platform very, very popular for people who wanted to express themselves via the talk um, versus via the typing as people do on Facebook, and I don't, under, I don't understand why people would get on Facebook and type, 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 because people don't like to type, but they do. Yeah, I'm not much on. Yeah, I'm not on Facebook much. Uh, I used to be on some of the debate uh, pages, but they were, they, they really weren't debate pages. They were, and then I mean, all people would do on Facebook a lot of times is just, you know, if they don't like your point of view, then you know, they all they do is name call, and I'm like, okay, this is just a waste of my time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I found um, I found this article, and this happened on May 21st. Okay, so that was I guess yeah, that was Sunday. Okay, the FBI is invest. This is a uh, here's the title. Uh, my source is uh, Geller report. I also saw it on World Net Daily. Um, Jihad gets me- media protection. Expect little coverage of this act of war. I know it's kind of a subtype, but it says, now FBI, now investigating NAS Corpus Christi, that must be the Naval Air Station. Yeah, Naval Air Station. All right. FBI now investigating Naval Air Station Corpus Christi shooting Arab male killed by Naval Security Forces. The FBI is investigating a Thursday shooting. Okay, Thursday would be in 321. Yeah, that would be May 21st. All right. The FBI is investigating shooting, a Thursday shooting at a Texas Navy air station after Navy security team were there 
killed an Arab male who stormed a gate at the base, a U.S. official told USNI News. The official did not have any additional details on the identity of the shooter beyond apparent ethnicity. An FBI spokeswoman did not provide additional details and contacted by USNI News. United States Naval Intelligence. Navy security forces responded to an active shooter at NAS Corpus Christi about 7.15 a.m., resulting in the injury of the NSF sailor. The shooter was killed by the NSF team, which is told the sailor is in good condition and expected to be today. The base remains on lockdown while an investigation of the shooting commences. All gates on the installation remain closed while first responders process the scene, according to the statement of the service. NCIS, oh, NCIS, you've heard of them. Right. And NCIS state and local law enforcement are on the scene. Corpus Christi police said the incident took place on one of the airspace's gates. Okay, so there's one more detail. But what I read, okay. Okay. I know. Let me continue. The shooting comes days after the Attorney General William Barr linked the NAS Pensacola, Florida shooter that killed three sailors in December to terror organizations Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Two iPhones belong to Royal Saudi Air Force Second Lieutenant Ahmed Mohammed Al-Samarani, a foreign military student assigned to the base, contained messages that the FBI say linked him to AQAD or some kind of Al-Qaeda. Okay. Al-Qaeda in the Arab Peninsula. Barr called the December shooting an act of terrorism. But this one in Corpus Christi that happened on Thursday, what I read was there was a woman guard at the gate, you know, the little gatehouse thing. The guy came up, shot her in the chest. She had body armor. It knocked her on the floor and, uh, she had just a few seconds to hit a second a backup button. The backup button was a backup gate that wouldn't let him in. But he still tried to ram it a couple of times. It appears the intention was to go on base and kill as many Navy personnel as possible. Well, she got up, and of course still hurting, but she got up. She got like her 45 out and just shot, 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 killed the guy. And that's the end of the story. Well, good for her. That gives me more faith in women, actually. Well, I mean, I guess if you really upset a woman, she can really shoot well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's something only Kelly would say. <laughs> oh, I think women are wonderful, but just, you know, us guys blow up with them, and I hope I never get shot. For yeah. Being, uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, well, if you only kill the guy, you know, hey, look, you know, she got shot with, uh, you know, with whatever caliber they were using. But God bless her, she did try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, you know, uh, we put a man on the moon, and women were really happy. You can put one man on the moon, why can't you put them all? All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's another conspiracy theory I like to talk about. Someday. But anyway, uh, I think we've only oh, got yeah. Um, yeah, we got about five minutes, uh, literally, uh, almost to the second. Well, not anymore. About a half before I have to close things out. So. Okay. So uh, let me let me bid you guys adieu, and you guys be safe. Okay. You Thank too. You. Uh, thanks for calling in, even though we hung up on you last. I mean, we. Yeah, uh, I know I you did. Have... You probably hang up on me in the future. I know it. Uh, well, I'm getting ready to get a sandwich. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
What kind of sandwich do you recommend, Joe? Bye-bye. All right, Dave, bye-bye. I appreciate it. Uh, I like Joe Cody. He's good good people. Uh, So, yeah, thank you very much, Joe. Um, I'll start out and share the link uh, because we really could uh, be great for people to do that. Um, uh, So, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping my – you know, the commercial I'm doing one that kinda you know, spurs some things as well. You know, you know, for, you know, for that. Uh so I mean I, I definitely know that, you know you know, we we've got, you know, folks listening out there and literally we, we are we are heard throughout the world. I mean I do uh, the commercial states. Um I mean, cause it does kinda give me a little uh gives me a percentage actually of you know what the top like six countries and you know that the the shows listen to, of course, the United States is by far the most. But I do find interesting some of the uh, some of the countries that uh, it shows up that you know we have some listenership in. It'd be it'd be pretty cool if they called in. We've had a few people from others. I mean, we have had you know you know someone a long time ago you know calling from England, and of course we have um, you know a friend come in from, and I I don't know why I keep forgetting where he calls in for where. Um, uh, Mike calls in from and I uh, it's in Asia. I know that. Singapore. And my correspondent Singapore, right. And then my my um my correspondent from the uh, Philippines uh n- doesn't call in, but I do get reports on there. Um they're, they're finally opening up some malls and things of that nature there. Uh they were actually for a while handing out like food uh rations, but they stopped. Um don't know why that happened. Um like they she didn't need, didn't know either, <laughs> but it just kind of stopped. And uh, but anyway, so you know, hopefully we get some some folks on. I know I got about three four weeks now um, that I'll be ending the the fundraiser because they're going to need the the funds to pay off the loan by then. And I have a sneaking suspicion that the the vast majority, if not all, or at least half of what's left, um, is going to come out of my pocket, Kelly. <laughs> It's not, it's not going well. As I said, I might be oh, a good yeah. prognosticator. I might be great at political analysis, but I'm starting to learn uh, raising funds is, is not my forte, Kelly. I, I, you know what? I used to sell a shit ton of Girl Scout cookies, but um, I guess that's a hey, different this, animal. This, 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 <laughs> this, this is Bar's logic after dark, so you can say shit tons of Girl Scout cookies. I just wouldn't say it to the Girl Scouts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. So, but um, pleasant comments in, and then I'll have to uh, to close things out. And then, of course, we will be back next week. And after next week, uh, we have done had the commercial. We'll see what comes of that. So, and then maybe what I'll do is have one show where I'll play. Um, they're a two-hour show. I'll take up almost all of ours, but <clears throat> the, they're a two-hour show uh, that we were on. But yeah, I think it could be it could be fun to get some some cool stuff uh, on there. But you got about. Um, about a minute uh, for closing thoughts, and then I'll have to maybe 30 seconds, and I'll have to close out. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, um, I hope people uh, stay safe and healthy, and uh, um, I'm thinking that due to the hubris contained within the powers that be, the Bilderberger versus the deep state, da-da-da-da-da, they blew it. I mean, yes, I, I believe they're doing a test run to have their ultimate tyranny, but uh, that's what I think. I think countries. it's a test run. Yeah, yeah, but basically, uh, because of their hubris, I think they failed this time. And how do we learn of our liberties and the Constitution 
and case law and historical writings on liberty to protect us from COVID-20, COVID-20. <laughs> so stay vigilant, I guess, please. If you're free, I'm free. If I'm free, you're free. Have to fight for each other. So that, I guess, good night. Love your show, Robert. Thanks. Um, I appreciate you being here uh, each week. And I'll say this, we won't be able to hear the whole of the song, but uh, I do want to get this out, is that, and I've been saying this, you know, if we, if America ceases to be the home of the brave, we will cease to be the land of the free. And I really appreciate everyone, uh, whether you're listening live or on the, the archive uh, to the show, please uh, share the link. It would be great. Uh, again, uh, check out the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Check out our list of uh, past guests that we've had, also the Bards Logic newsroom, and, of course, the Give page uh, for you know what we're working on here with the fundraiser to help them uh, pay off their uh, funeral costs for the unexpected uh, passing of uh, – our correspondent there in the Philippines mother. Again, they don't have uh, GoFundMe there, so they would have done it themselves, uh, but they don't have it. It's not available because I, I initially suggested it to them, uh, but when I did some research, they didn't have it, so I, I took on that mantle. But it will close tonight with the Every Night, and that's the song by Aubrey Ashburn, and we won't be able to hear much of it, but I'm still going to do it anyway. So thank you very much, folks. Uh, it helps me unwind. <laughs> thank you very much folks we'll see you next week and I really appreciate it and take care and again yes be safe and good night 